0: and sit in the morning Woo! on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: of the great give Unforgettable, unforgettable Fire album. Mrs. is Bad. Here's, give me some more of this, Luvino Bad, on a Tuesday morning in New York City.
2: If I could
1: throw this light, this light, line to the wind Tuesday morning, back on this Bernie this and Sid. If you were listening yesterday, Bernard was here. You know that uh, Bernie is out today, out tomorrow. There is a chance that Bernie could be back on Thursday. There was a chance, maybe Friday. Uh, there's also a chance he won't be back until Monday, which is usually how it goes, about one week a month now. Bernie gets his chemotherapy, sometimes radiation too, when he's out after Monday for the rest of the week. But he seems somewhat confident that he can be back on Thursday because he was getting all of his treatment done at Sloan Kettering here in New York City, and and there's a Sloan Kettering that he found Closer to his house, he lives on Long Island in Uniondale, the former home of the Islanders. And uh, that's a hop, skip, and a jump away from his house. And then, you know, he could uh, be back at home, be back on the air on Thursday. In the city, of course, he had to stay there, basically. It all depends on how he feels. Uh, the last time he got chemo about three weeks ago, it kicked the crap out of him. And uh, he did miss four days, and he felt really crappy when he got back. So we will see. Uh, When he's here, it's the best show in New York City. There's no question about it. When he's not here, it's still the best show. But it's certainly better when he is here. But um, he's uh, fighting. Uh, I spoke to Bernie about three times yesterday. In fact, we had one conversation about the gubernatorial race, which I wish I can share with you. I got a call from Bernie as soon as I got home. And I was like, oh, God, what happened? And he's like, it's not about my treatments. It's not about the cancer, blah, blah, blah. It was about the gubernatorial race. Long story short, I ended up speaking with Rob Astorino last night. He called me. He was at an event with Donald Trump. That's right, Donald Trump and Elise Stefanik. And uh, Astorino called me, and I will fill you in later on in this show as to a why Bernie called me, b why Astorino called me, and c I'm in shock. That's all I'm going to say. I'm in shock. Uh, Mike Francesa is stopping by today. We've had Christopher Mayor Dog Russo. On this show, about a million times. Dog and I are still very close. Dog, of course, has had an amazing career since leaving Mike. Or they, well, he didn't really leave Mike. I mean, since they were broken up, FAN made sure that was going to be the case. Went on to Sirius XM, started his own channel, Mad Dog Channel. It's a great sports talk channel on XM Sirius. And of course, he's also got the television show High Heat, the baseball show on the MLB network. And he's just, he's, he's so entertaining that it's, it's remarkable how great Chris Russo is. And he's on this show, like I said, quite a bit. But we've never had, never, Mike Francesa. Mike, of course, went on to stay at WFAN after Dog left. And uh, as a solo artist, had an amazing career. You know, the thought was after Mike and Chris, Mike and the Mad Dog broke up, that, uh, well, who knows what was going to happen. And again, both guys did very, very well. Dog is still at SiriusXM. Mike is now gone. No longer at WFAN, the afternoon show there is now Craig Carton and Evan Roberts, and Mike does a daily podcast. So I said to Phil, I said, um, it's like 20 minutes long, and he talks about politics and sports. Hello. Wonder who started that. That's I, ridiculous! I, 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 yeah. So uh, I said to Phil, I said, what's the name of Francesca's podcast? And uh, Phil, what was the answer to that? The Mike Francesca podcast? Yeah, interesting name, yeah. Had to take a long time
3: to uh, come up with that one, no? I'm sure he got Chernoff involved. And <laughs> <laughs> had a couple of a couple of meetings. Chris back Olivero, and forth. A little Zoom crew. call.
1: Yeah, Eric Spitz. Uh, I like that one. That's a good one. It's my name. That's probably good. called uh, Joel Hollander and no Karmazin just for a. Uh, anyway, Mike, uh, when they when they write the book, the greatest sports talk show host ever. There's going to be a fight between Mike and Chris, and then you've got those national guys. You know, Jim Rome, who's a putz. Dan Patrick, who's a very nice guy. Uh, There's probably others, Colin Coward. He's a huge success. I love Colin. I think he's great. He's brilliant, by the way. Uh, But certainly local radio, no one comes close to Mike and Chris. So Francesa will be here at 725 today. Then he's going to play golf. And I'm interested to hear what uh, what Mike has to say. Mike and I have had a very interesting relationship over the years. I think you all know that. Uh, Dating back to the time when Mike called me, I was in a bagel store, actually a bagel restaurant in Boca Raton, 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning. My kids were young. My father was still alive. It was my mom, my dad, Danielle, and Ava and Gabe, and Mike said, I want you to come back to New York. And I thought I had died and gone to heaven. Oh, my God, my dreams are coming true. He had an idea that me and Max Kellerman, who at the time was at ESPN, were going to replace Chris Russo. Now, Mike denies that to this day. He says, well, you know, I had serious conversations with Stephen A. Smith, with Bill Simmons, not really Sid. And the New York Post did, and the New York Daily News, by the way, a couple of years ago, when I was here at WABC, did a couple of stories about this feud between me and Mike, where I basically called Mike a liar, which um, I take back. He wasn't lying. He's just, he's forgetful. <laughs> <laughs> but he absolutely called me, and absolutely, Mark Chernoff reached out to my wife, Danielle. It got to the point where we had bought a house in Tenafly, New Jersey, which we loved. Ava was living there. She was born in Mount Sinai, but she was taken home there as a baby. And um, we loved that house. And when I got fired by WFN, I lost the house to the bank. And now, about two years later, we've got the opportunity to come home, thanks to Mike, and we actually went as far as contacting the owners of the house because, believe it or not, they were renting it. The house was being... And Danielle was like, wow, we can go back home and rent our house. That's how far those talks got. Again, Mike denies it to this day. He's not telling the truth. But it uh, doesn't matter. I love him. He is uh, probably the greatest of all time. And he'll join us coming up at 725. Mike Francis. I don't care! Well, I know Dog doesn't care, but Mike does. 740. Bo Deedle will be here. That's always a great segment on a Tuesday. Talking about uh, Bo Deedle, of course, the great cop Bo Deedle was. How about the guy that spent the longest amount of time as the commissioner of the New York Police Department, whose son, mind you, is a superstar these days. 7 p.m. Newsmax every night, 1 to 3 every afternoon here. Greg Kelly. Ray Kelly will join us coming up at 840. And then the best writer in the country, Barnum. New York Post columnist Miranda Devine coming up at 925. Interesting picture today of Hunter Biden. Talking about Miranda, she's got that uh, New York Times bestseller, Laptop from Hell, the Hunter Biden story. There's a picture in today's New York Post of a bare-ass, naked Hunter Biden holding a gun. A gun, uh, supposedly, according to the story, he was there with a prostitute. They were doing drugs naked. He had a gun. He was kind of showing off to the hooker, which he eventually threw out somewhere in Delaware. But when you look at the picture in the post, he looks absolutely whacked. And believe me when I tell you, as a guy that, not proud of this, but as a guy that went to rehab twice, I know when somebody's high. And Hunter Biden looks like a mess in today's New York Post. Just more of the hypocrisy from the left, by the way. If Eric Trump, Eric Trump, If Eric Trump or Donald Trump Jr., ever caught smoking a joint, one joint. Forget about hookers. Forget about crack. Forget about illegal guns. One joint, one. You wouldn't hear the end of it for months. Oh my God, that Donald Trump Jr. He took a toke from a joint. But this Hunter Biden is such a sleazy. And I'm no angel. I know my 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 history isn't perfect, but ain't no Hunter Biden. I'll tell you that this guy is such a sleazy lowlife, and uh, no one seems to care. Nobody seems to care. You look at today's cover of the New York Post, it is a scary cover. Let us in, Joe. Massive caravan on way to U.S. border. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people trying to enter this country, waiting for Joe Biden to repeal Title 42 based on his promise. You can all come. You can all come right on in. Thousands and thousands of these people. And who's coming here? To Donald Trump's old point, drug dealers. <laughs> I know some of these people are good people, hardworking people. I get it. But do you want one terrorist? You want one drug dealer dealing fentanyl to our little kids as the numbers continue to rise over those deaths in this country because of the fentanyl? Do you want one of them? Because I guarantee you, with the thousands and thousands coming in, just by numbers alone, you're going to have plenty of lowlifes and criminals. Plenty of them. You want that? Because that's what Joe Biden has promised these people. That's why they are gathering as we speak in huge numbers. You know, now that, uh, that I mentioned that, I do want to get this cut, uh, Lou, and it's uh, Judge Janine, who, of course, does an amazing job on this station every Sunday morning, and I admittedly have a crush on her. I love her. She uh, She's on The Five on Fox News, and she was talking yesterday about the czar of the border. That's our vice president, Kamala Harris. So when you see the cover of today's New York Post, and it scares the duty out of you, and it should, don't worry, don't worry, because the VP, Kamala, is on the job. Or maybe not. Here's Judge Deneen cut 18.
4: Look, here's the thing. You think the woman as a prosecutor would understand that if our money is going to corrupt governments in Central America and she has been tasked with the idea of finding out what the root causes of of immigration are, that she would do exactly what you're talking about, Jesse. That is common sense. But this woman is lazy. Yep. She is a lazy human being. She doesn't want to focus her message. She doesn't want to get out there. She's been in Latin America for Three, I guess, three full days. Meanwhile, Jill Biden was there a few weeks ago, six days in a row. And now they have a, they have an end game. They want to try to get people to the summit of Americas. She's calling everybody and begging them to show up. And they won't show. And they won't show. <laughs> I mean, the woman is, it's, it, she's more than a laughing stock. She's more than someone who's inept. She is lazy. She doesn't deserve a job. She should just resign. She's not doing anything.
1: Couldn't agree more. Judge Janine, on our vice president. I understand she's black. I understand she's a woman. She checks a bunch of those boxes that seem to matter to Democrats. I don't care. I don't care if you're black, white, Asian. I don't care if you're gay, straight. Just get the goddamn job done. I mean, Pete Buttigieg is gay. He's got COVID now. He is awful at his job. I don't care that it's Pride Month. God, I'm sick of that, too. I tell my wife yesterday, I said, listen, I'm as liberal as they come when it comes to social issues. You've heard this a million times on this show. I'm pro-choice. I'm pro-gay marriage. I'm pro all of it, okay? But when it gets shoved in my face time and time again, that's when I start to lose it just a little, okay? And there's no reason that we have to celebrate gay people for a month. Celebrate people based on their sexual preference. He likes penis. She likes vagina. That doesn't make them better, people. Doesn't make them heroes. Not worthy of a month of celebration. Yes, they went through hell. Not anymore. Transgenders do, yes, but not gay people. But we all went through hell. Jews, blacks, whites, you name it. I am so sick of this society, this city, this country bending over backwards to make up for, for prior failures, if you will, and um, wasting time wasting time and turning otherwise good people into hateful people because they just can't take it. They just can't take it. Enough with the checking the boxes, whether it's Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, a host of others. So Kathy Hochul, the governor, who is going to be on our way out, I don't care if it's Lee Zeldin, Andrew Giuliani, Rob Astorino, I'll throw Harry Wilson's name in there just because to get mad. Uh, I don't care. Any one of those four, specifically the top three, any one of those guys wins, and we are going to be in much better shape than we are now. Here's another situation: another woman. Great, I don't care. Who cares? Lauren Boebert—that's a woman getting it done. You know, you got to love her. Tulsi Gabbard—that's a woman who gets it done. Kathy Hochul does not yells and screams and and does nothing. State's in terrible shape. The city's in worse shape. But but she is trying to change some of the laws, and you can't, not like this, prohibiting a kid like the kid who went to Uvalde, Texas and shut up that little school from buying a gun at 18 years old, or the Buffalo shooter. So Hokel yesterday was uh, yelling and screaming about how if you're 18 years old, you ain't going to buy a gun anymore. Those days are over. Right, Mrs. Governor?
5: In New York, we are taking bold, strong action. We're tightening the red flag laws to keep guns away from dangerous people. And we're raising the age of semi-automatic weapons so no 18-year-old can walk in on their birthday and walk out with an AR-15. Those days are over. Those days are over. You hear that? Those days are over.
1: I get the feeling those days may be over. I don't know. How about you? Those days are over. So now, if you want to commit mass murder, you got to wait three years. I mean, basically, that's what she said, right? You're not going to be able to ban AR-15s. Realistically, that's not going to happen. So now you got to wait till you're 21. So for three years, you can sit in your room, like during the COVID years, you know, and sit on the computer and find more hateful groups. Or oh, maybe not. Oh, because she took it a step further. If you think, if you think you're going to sit there, and this is HOKO 15, you're going to sit there on social media and find more hate groups. I got news for you. We're stopping that, too. HOCO 15.
5: And in the state of New York, we're now requiring social media networks to monitor and report hateful conduct on their platforms. Thank you, Senator Anna Kaplan. And thank you, Member Patricia Fahey. And now we're going to... Continue focusing on this. We're going to establish a task force on social media and violent extremism to investigate the role of social media in promoting domestic terror. And our great leader, our attorney general, will be championing this oh cause God. with every power her office can bring it at their disposal.
1: Yeah, she was doing okay up to the point where she characterized Letitia James, our attorney general, as a great leader. That's another woman, black woman, check two boxes, Completely inept fraud spends her days and nights worrying about Donald Trump while this state and this city is falling apart. I mean, completely inept Letitia James and Kathy Hochul described her as our great leader. It's kind of like when uh, Eric Adams, our mayor, goes out there and describes himself as the, quote, Biden of Brooklyn. Why anybody in a million years Democrat or Republican would want to associate themselves and their political career with Joe Biden and his 28% approval rating, the worst president in my 55 years. He has gone way past Jimmy Carter. Why anybody would want to do that is absolutely astounding. So ask Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul, all your Democrat leaders, while they they continue to heap praise, superlatives, and big-time adjectives on folks like Joe Biden and Letitia James. That's all you need to know, folks. one eight hundred eight four eight 848 wabc one eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. 848 9222 Going to be an amazing show today. Once again, WFAN legend. A lot of people think the greatest sports talk show host in the history of the business, Mike Francesa. Stopping by at 725. Hero cop, great actor Bo Deedle, he's stopping by at 740. Former NYPD police commissioner, the longest tenure, by the way, Ray Kelly, stopping by at 840. And New York Post columnist, the great Miranda Devine, showing up at 925. Plus, Beat Sid and Lydia Reports. Going to be an amazing Tuesday show. Keep it right here.
2: (laughs)
0: Bernie and sit in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
6: He was born in the summer of his 27th year, coming home to a place he'd never been before. Left yesterday behind him You might say he was born again You might say he found the key For every door When he first came to the mountains His life was far away On the road And hanging by a song But the strings already Changing fast, and it don't
1: last for long. If the Colorado Rocky Mountain High. John Denver, hate song 625. Gorgeous Tuesday morning here in New York City. Once again, temperatures around 77 degrees and sunny. Got a bunch of days coming up, including tomorrow that may hit 80. And um, I'm wearing a, a red jacket that I bought at the garage in Brooklyn, Anthony's place. And I'm darker than the jacket. I think I'm more red than the jacket. And it's a pretty red jacket. Right, Lou? Yeah, yeah do you
3: not, you're red. blending in uh, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> that is, the jacket's nice. Though. I go to
1: Thank you. I go to the beach every day. I, I went back for two hours yesterday. Danielle worked from home, and at one point we took a walk on over, and it was just beautiful. And uh, that's the beauty of living two blocks away from the beach. Go every day. It is, uh, once again, 626 on your Tuesday morning. Mike Sessa, he'll be here at 725. Bo Deedle coming up at 740. Commissioner Ray Kelly, 840. And columnist Miranda Devine coming up at 925. You know, there's a recall going on in California. This district attorney, this uh, Chesa Boudin, this scumbag, uh, another one of these Alvin Bragg types, you know, where whatever you do, as long as you don't kill somebody, then you can, you can live amongst us. It's fine. you know. Please. I, I don't want to be bothered. Got no time for it. So as long as you don't kill somebody, you can, uh, you can go back on the streets. These progressive DAs that are ruining this country. Ruining them. Well, the good news is, much like, uh, you remember last year, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, was a recall effort to uh, get him out. In fact, one of our good friends on radio, Larry Elder, thought he had a good chance to replace Gavin Newsom as governor. It didn't happen. Gavin Newsom is still the governor there. But the recall is there for Chesa Boudin. And now, you if you're a progressive DA in other places, Gascon, Alvin Bragg right here, you need to start to worry. Now, of course, here we have to get recall on the ballot. It's not there yet. Uh, so we've got some work to do. But if I'm Alvin Bragg, I'm paying attention because understand this. Kathy Hochul, the governor here, who was a coward and a liar and just, just the worst, the worst type of politician you'd ever see. Despite uh, yesterday, yes, I'm going to raise the age. That's fine. Social media. That's great. Yelling and screaming. It's going to stop all that histrionics, a bunch of nonsense. She's had ample opportunity here to fire Alvin Bragg, but she just warns him and warns him. And uh, you can bet your last dollar she ain't never going to fire the guy. That's the difference. If, If, in fact, a Republican candidate wins come November, whether it's Lee Zeldin, Andrew Giuliani, Rob Astorino, or Harry Wilson, all four of those guys, their first order of business will be to fire this Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg who, of course, has gone back and, you know, now he changed some of the laws. He was very, very, very tolerant when he first took over. He started to feel the pressure. He changed some of them, but he's still no good. He needs to go. But if you think that the whole country isn't following this closely, then you're somewhere between naive and stupid and closer to the latter. You've got people who were Democrats, Democrats, who are sick of it, sick of watching people Commit crime after every time we talk about a crime in this city. The perp always has nine priors, 16 priors, 29 priors. Bernie mentioned the story the other day. The guy had 46 priors. Forget about John matidis Love John. And his three strikes, you're out. 46 priors. And everybody's sick of it. So this guy ran for governor in 2018 in the state of California as a Democrat. Folks, he's running again in 2000. He's got no chance. No chance. He's running again in 2022, and his party is now undefined because he was a Democrat, and he is so sick and tired of these progressive policies, whether it's a governor, Hochul, or Mayor Adams, or a DA Bragg, he's had enough. His name is Michael Schellenberger. And we got a couple of cuts from this guy because this is what you need to know. If you want hope that 2022, the Republicans are going to have that red wave that me and Bernie keep talking about. In 2024, Donald Trump will once again be back on Pennsylvania Avenue. All you have to do is listen to Michael Schellenberger, and you'll know why that is becoming a very stark reality. Former Democrat can't stand it anymore. So in this uh, cut, Moschellenberger, six, he says that a lot of the crime around this country is being funded. Not the crime, I shouldn't say. But a lot of these DAs and people in power are being funded by George Soros. And that's why these people
7: are in power and allowing our cities to be run over. Michael Schellenberger, cut six. I don't think it's a coincidence. He received a million dollars from George Soros to fight the recall last fall. It sounds like a conspiracy theory, but George Soros is the biggest donor of these radical left district attorneys and of Gavin Newsom. Their agenda is just to shut down the prisons, let the prisoners out without rehabilitating them first. That's why you see a crisis of chaos, the open yeah. air drug markets, the fentanyl deaths. The people of California, are we are a very liberal people, but we do have our limits and we want to see law and order in the cities and the state. Well-
1: hear yeah, that, the people of California, we are very liberal people, but we've got our limits. We want to see law and order. Hopefully New Yorkers will follow that lead because there's too many people in this city and state that are complete morons. Complete morons. Here he talks about Gascone, Los Angeles, Boudin, San Francisco, and all these DAs who seemingly care more about the bad guys. Michael Schellenberger cut eight.
7: I think it's not a coincidence that the people that say they hate Western civilization, the people that say they hate America, are advocating for policies that reduce any penalties whatsoever for people that commit extremely violent crimes. But neither Chesapeake Bodine nor Gavin Newsom nor George Gascon have been reaching out to victims' families. I mean, here you get people mowed down in the street and they Mm -hmm. won't even talk to them. Their fundamental concern is with the criminals and with reducing penalties on the criminals. Now, we know Alvin Bragg here in Manhattan is a black guy. Those
1: three guys he just mentioned, Newsom, Gascon, Boudin, they're all white guys. And in this clip, Michael Schellenberger, again, former Democratic nominee for governor, now sick of his own party, he talks about why these guys may be doing what they're doing. Louis, this is cut number nine.
7: But they're all in the grip of a victim ideology. They're in the grip of Liberal white guilt. Yeah. They think that we've all sinned because of the things that happened in the past, and they're trying to get revenge on the society.
1: He's right about that, this white guilt nonsense. And that's why you see these fat and nasty girls in their stupid college sweatshirts at these BLM rallies, smacking people having dinner on the Upper West Side just by sitting. They're all black. There are plenty of white, stupid people who have this ridiculous guilt that are buying into this nonsense. That, uh, and by the way, there's plenty of white, uh, Bernie explained it yesterday, plenty of white slaves. Plenty! Plenty of white slaves. But, uh, these white people with this guilt, That's why we allow the kids in our schools to run rampant. Black kids can say what they want about white kids. God forbid a white kid responds, and that kid's going to get expelled in about 13 seconds. See, these are the facts. These are the truths. It's enough with the white guilt, folks. Right now, we're in a point where if you're gay, you're being celebrated. Again, you're being celebrated because of your sexual preference. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yes, they've gone through a lot. Not anymore, as I've said. Now, the transgenders, that's a whole other story. But the fact that they're being celebrated, and it's almost as if they're better people because they've been oppressed. Enough of that. The white man, who as Bernie pointed out yesterday, all the big inventions, all your, all your big buildings and all your cities, all the great things we've experienced in this country for over 200 years, for the most part, built, invented, and maintained by the white man, not the evil white man, the white man who has now become the enemy, the enemy of our nation, which is it's enough of that. It's enough. Finally, Michael Schellenberger here in cut number seven says time to take back our cities.
7: We've got to take back our cities from the criminals, the open drug dealers, the gangs and from the radical left agenda, which is to really de shut down the policing, shut down the prisons. We need law and order. We want to be compassionate. We can do both. We need law and order. We want
1: to be compassionate. But enough with the white guilt. Two stupid words. Enough with the systematic racism, which I've had some of the smartest people in the country, in media, try to explain to me what that is. And not one has done so in articulate fashion. Not one. It sounds great. I hear it all the time on MSNBC, CNN, Joy Reid. Systematic racism. bull crap. It doesn't exist. And no one can really explain it because it doesn't exist. So let's get on the same page, white people, black people, gay people. Stop celebrating yourself. You've done nothing until you've done something. And let's figure out a way to fight crime. Stop fighting. Stop walking around as a victim. And figure out a way to make our cities great again really very simple. I mean, right, Justin? Sounds simple, right?
8: Yeah, it sounds pretty straightforward. You were just
1: in Israel, right? Yeah,
8: yeah, I was. What about it? People
1: seem to get along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, other than the bombings that go on that... uh
8: I mean, honestly, on a day to day basis, you don't even realize that stuff. You really don't, right? I mean, unless you run into it. We we ran into it one day, like I had mentioned last week, but uh, but it, nothing turned out. Nothing turned into anything. Right. You know, right. we we got away scot free. Yeah. You don't see it on a daily basis. There are obviously areas you don't want to walk into. Right, but. uh... Whatever, yeah, it's it's any, not uh, something that's uh, at the forefront of your mind. Any hot chicks in Israel? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's totally mm-hmm. kept talking about. What, well, oh that, my god! That, and that 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 pretty much serves as a uh, <laughs> pretty pretty good distraction from all the from all the conflict. So, yeah. yeah,
1: it's worth walking into a bomb from Palestinian to see that hot as well. you chick. you you won't even yeah. realize anything blew up
8: to be honest with you. <laughs>
3: Hey, what's all this debris? Look at her. Oh, my God. Can you see see her running for her
1: life? My goodness. He's he's like, Sid, you don't get it. Every single girl is tanned and big breasts and great asses. And I'm like, Justin, Jesus, you had your girlfriend with you, didn't you? Yeah. What'd you do, drug her and go out for a couple of nights? <laughs> no, no, I was talking about her. Oh, you were, okay. Yeah. She was yeah. pointing them out, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. she was like, oh my God, look at that one. Yeah. All right, Mike Francesa, 725, Bo Dietl coming up at 740, former commissioner Ray Kelly, NYPD commissioner at 840, and New York Post columnist Miranda Devine coming up at 925. Traffic and sports are coming up next, but right now it is time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to my good buddy, Dominic Carter, on Midnight's here on WABC. He's got this City Hall podcast on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Here, Dominic says, no reason an 18-year-old should own an AR-15.
9: Each used AR-15-style semi-automatic rifles. And I... Do not want to take your guns. But weapons of war have no place in civilized society unless under use by the military or police organizations. I really want you to think about this. In Texas, you can't buy a drink until you're 21 years of age, but you can own a gun at 18.
5: Come on. Or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G A B O Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.
0: This is Sid on Sports. Oh my God. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Well, we uh,
1: did mention it moments ago. Game four tonight, Tampa. The Rangers and the Lightning. The Rangers had a great opportunity to go up three games to zero. Blew a 2 nothing lead in game three. Lost that game 3-2. to two, But the Rangers still lead the series two games to one. And once again, game four from Tampa later on tonight. We know who the winner of the Ranger-Lightning series will play. And that is the Colorado Avalanche. They had the best season all year in the West. They've been great in the playoffs. They just swept the Edmonton Oilers, beat the Oilers in overtime last night. So it'll be the Rangers or the Lightning taking on the Colorado Avalanche. Game three tonight, NBA Finals. That series is now 1-1 between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. How about the Mets last night? Eduardo Escobar. He becomes the 11th New York Met in team history to hit for the cycle.
7: Starting with Kansas City. And Escobar shoots one down the right field line toward the corner, and it's beyond the reach of Mazzara. Alonso is in to score. Canna
10: right behind him. It's going to be a triple for Escobar. He's got the cycle.
1: Last time a Met hit for the cycle was Scott Hairston back in 2012. That's my friend Gary Cohen, SNY on the call. Mets beat the Padres last night 11 to 5, and the Mets improved now to 38 and 19. They've got a nine game lead over the Atlanta Braves. The Yankees enjoyed a day off yesterday. They'll take on the Minnesota Twins later on today. The Yanks at 39 and 15 have the best record in Major League Baseball. Their lead seven over Toronto atop the AL East. Sports Brought to you by the great Pete Morgan, Peerless Boilers. Check them out, PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. Sports talk great Mike Sessa coming up at 725. With sports, I'm Sid.
0: The balls are not for him to touch. Oh. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: When the Rangers play, all right, Lou Rafino, the great Lou Rafino. give me some names so we're going to text my phone tonight once the Rangers and Lightning hit the ice. Well, Pete, Pete Morgan, oh, that's right, Peter's Porters, right. Uh, Luke Lagrano, Luke Justin Ellick. We're not, we're not allowed to say his name. <laughs> well, you three guys are so annoying. God, I mean, yeah. if Kreider scores, i got to get the, all. Oh, wow, he was a real goal scorer from Lou. Oh, my God. Luke, let, t-
3: let it go. Oh, please, Let Luke, it go. You're the
1: one who brought it up last, last game. Uh, you're the one okay. who brought it up. Uh, Luke Lagrano's got to send 19 videos of me doing something I don't know. They're GIFs. And Justin, who is uh, just a wonderful, and be, really becoming one of my best friends, he knows nothing about sports. I know a lot oh, about God. sports. And the three of you are just, it's its the most annoying thing. How do I get off that goddamn thing? Okay, you don't. take you
3: off. Well, well, we don't want to take you, you off. Child. Who else
1: is going to text me, Lou?
3: Okay, one of the, I don't know, uh, Lee Zeldin.
1: No, and Andrew Giuliani. Close. Right, Andrew no, okay. Giuliani, I, I, that's right. That I would, have, I would have guessed. Very good. The Although okay. Rob Astorino may start uh, texting me now, because I'll tell you about this conversation later, but there's a little bit of a love triangle thing going on. You forgot the best name of all, my dear friend Tom Mango. Ah,
3: yeah. right. Okay. How, how could <laughs> yeah. we, for, we forget that? <laughs> I did. Let me hold on, let me write it down. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Talking about uh, dear friends as we speak right now. My driver, Freddie, a.k.a. Ricky Willis, Rockapoco Car Service in Rockaway, drives me to work every morning, 4.15. Guy's never late, except for today. He had a flat. (laughs) So he had somebody else take me to work. But he's great. He's reliable. He's become, I don't want to say a friend of the family, because then he'll get too carried away, but we kind of like him. And um, right now, he's got in his car my daughter, Ava, who I love dearly. So proud of her. On her way, of course, uh, to her senior trip today, And in all likelihood, uh, England for college. But uh, the last couple of days, she had three of her girlfriends. They're all great kids, uh, great kids, Penelope, Miriam, and uh, Natalie. And they slept over, and they spent the day yesterday with their uh, doofy friends on Rockaway Beach and uh, had a great time, and then I took them all out for Mexican food last night to your favorite place, Lou, Pico. Pico. Yes. And the night before, me and Danielle took all the girls out to La Sorrentina. That was great, too. So uh, And they're they're great kids. And, you know, I woke up this morning, and and I went to make a cup of coffee. Of course, I woke up Ava, but there were cupcakes on the counter they made last night, which was very sweet. And they're all going to very good schools. Natalie's going to Penn State. She's excited about that. Miriam is going to Adelphi. Uh, Penelope is going to Northeastern, great school in Boston. So, uh, girls, I know you're in the car right now listening. And uh, a lot of you hate what I talk about in the morning because you feel differently. That's fine. But I love you. Dave, I love you to pieces. I love all you girls. Have a great time on your senior trip and be good. That's
3: and all you, I'm going to say. And your dad's still crazy here.
1: Well, I am crazy, but that's fine. Yeah. That's
8: that's what, that's what part of the appeal, no? How do you know they're listening? They said they were listening? Well, I, they are listening right now, yes. Oh, that's very nice. Not anymore. Yeah, they're going to shut it off.
3: <laughs> so, okay, dad's going to get back to screaming at me. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why did daddy say that
1: about the gay pride parade? What did I say? Make him stop, Mom. Make him stop. God, enough of Donald Trump. Trump was the worst. He was the best. God. I mean, I, 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 if this doesn't show you how good Donald Trump was, I don't know what will. If this idiot who was running this country into the ground doesn't show you how great Donald Trump was, I don't know what will. I just don't know what will. Anyway, uh, Ava, Penelope, Miriam, and Natalie... Have yourselves a a great time today, and I love you, Ava. Uh, Let's get back to the matter at hand, which is the news of the day. So our mayor, another idiot, Eric Adams, (laughs) he spoke yesterday. But if you notice, when we played the Kathy Hochul cuts, she said all the right things, right? We're going to raise the age to buy a gun from 18 to 21. I'm in on that. That's cool. We're going to make sure we check the social media. That's cool. I'm in on that. So she said all the right things yesterday. Why? Because she knows her ass is toast. She's going down. She ain't gonna lose to Tom Swazi or Jamani Williams, but she's going to lose to whoever wins the Republican nomination. Whether it's Zeldin, Giuliani, or Astorino, she's going to lose. We've had enough. So she said all the right things yesterday, but in my opinion, it's too little too late. And she still has the power to fire this Manhattan DA, this louse, Alvin Bragg, and she refuses to do it. That's where she shows her real colors. Any one of those Republicans wins day one. First thing they do is fire Alvin Bragg if he's not recalled before, if we can get recall on the ballot. Anyway, Adams uh, is saying the right things, too. And I guess this is true. Shootings are down in the city while crime is at an all-time high. And yesterday, another example, a woman shoved in front of a train in the Bronx. And me and Bernie talk about this all the time. It's not just guns. People get stabbed in New York. People get thrown in front of moving trains in New York, and really, uh, on not a life-threatening basis, we're not that far removed from a guy throwing feces in a woman's face while she sat and waited for a train in New York City. So it's disgusting. It's not safe. It's not always shootings, and shootings are down. And uh, even though crime is up, shootings are down. And Eric Adams made a point of that yesterday. We've got three cuts hear from uh, Eric Adams, and he does talk about how the one thing he didn't factor in when he took over, when his job was to reduce crime was, that criminals would be allowed to get right back on the streets right away. Eric Adams, 10 through 12.
11: No one takes criminal justice seriously anymore. These bad guys no longer take them seriously. They believe our criminal justice system is a laughing stock of our entire country. Shooters are going down without violating the constitutional safeguards that we have in place. We're decreasing shootings. We're taking bad guys off the streets, and we're going to create a safe city in the process. The only thing we didn't factor in, and I'm going to say this as many times as possible until it resonates, the only thing we did not factor in, that we're going to keep letting bad guys out. What? None of us factored this in. How? How? It was unimaginable to us what are you talking about? that we would do these cases after a year, take them down. It's
1: been going on for years.
11: And by the time we get back to patrol, what? we're seeing them back on the street. Wait,
1: wait, wait, wait a second. This didn't just start. This has been going on for years. The mayor before Bill de Blasio, about as progressive as it got. The DAs even before Alvin Bragg, same thing. W- why is Eric Adams acting as if this all started when he took over? Like, oh, my God, they didn't tell me about this. Am I missing something? Lou, you tell me, was this not already the case before this Mensa took over?
3: Yeah, I don't think you could say Mensa and him in the same sentence, <laughs> even if you're joking. It's a mess. He's a mess. Right. He's a mess.
1: Oh, no one told us that uh, criminals were going to be let back on the streets. Well, we've been doing that for years. You were supposed to change that, Eric. And I know you don't have the authority to do it. So what do me and Bernie keep asking you to do? Name and shame. So when you go, listen, I had no idea these criminals would be back on the streets in 15 minutes. Your next quote that I want to play right here with Sid and Bernie is, but that's because of Andrea Stewart-Cousins. And that's because of Carl Heisty, And that's because of Kathy Hochul. It ain't Eric Adams. It ain't me. I would leave these bastards. I'd let them rot in jail. If we get that quote, I promise you, Eric Adams, because I know you care how I feel about you, it's becoming evidently clear that whether you're running for governor or you're the mayor, you actually care what Sid Rosenberg thinks, which I can't believe, trust me. I'm only five years removed from breaking down Eli Manning stats on a Sunday, but for some reason you guys all care. That's great. If you care, Eric Adams, how I feel, you'll do that. If you can't change it because you don't have the power At least, as Bernie always says, name and shame. Say, hey, I I had no idea, but these people are impossible to work with. And then we can say, listen, he's naming, he's shaming, he cares. But it's so tepid, right? It's so insincere. As if he didn't know this when he took over, and then he doesn't blame anybody in particular. It's deplorable. Get him out. Thank you. That's Christopher Dog Russo. Who knew he would opine on the mayor? one eight hundred eight four eight 848 wabc 1-800-848-9222. Once again, an unbelievable lineup on today's show. The all-time great... WFAN legend Mike Sessa will join me coming up at 725. Former cop hero, now a great actor. He's been in everything from Goodfellas to The Irishman, Wolf of Wall Street, all those great movies. Bo Deedle coming up at 740. Former NYPD commissioner Ray Kelly, he's coming up at 840. And the best writer in the country, New York Post columnist Miranda Devine, she's coming up. At 925, next three hours, four amazing guests. This is Bernie and Sid on a Tuesday, right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC.
2: We're doing it
12: live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: I thought Ava loves this song. So do I. Queen, don't stop me now as you wrap up hour number one. I've gotten so many beautiful texts, so many um, of our loyal listeners that have really enjoyed this hour. Bernie will be back maybe Thursday, maybe Monday. We don't know yet. Uh, I know the next two days you'll get me. And, again, we've got four great guests coming up this morning until Bernie does, in fact, get back. I think I was one of the uh, few people that hated this movie, hated it. Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm a huge Queen fan. Huge. Right. It was stupid. Listen, Freddie Mercury. All he wanted to do was have safe, was have a gay sex and do cocaine. That's it. It's all he wanted to do. Nice. This movie was scrubbed so clean. And by the way, uh, it's a true story. So I read this afterwards that the members of the band that are still alive actually said, if you're going to do a movie, you have to make it relatively sanitary. Like you can't make it look like our real life existence. Well, no kidding. Okay, well, I don't <laughs> well, want to watch then, that.
3: Then don't have them involved in the movie. You need somebody well, then, else.
1: Then, then don't make a movie that that claims to be about Freddie Mercury and Queen. Okay. When a guy came off like uh, Father Knows Best, give me a break.
3: Okay, he had a he was diagnosed it was with stupid. AIDS. Okay, all right.
1: And the other one I couldn't stand was Rocket Man. The Elton John story—that was like watching a Broadway show. My God, <laughs> I didn't what see was it. that? I didn't. see Oh, that. you would hate that. Too. I probably would hate. Yeah. It. Anyway, Come hour on, number Freddy. one.
3: <laughs> Freddie Rock and Roll, Freddie. Oh,
1: I love Freddie Mercury. He was great. Hour number one in the books coming up next hour of Bill O'Reilly's morning message. Mike Francesa and Bo Diddley. Going to be an amazing 7 a.m. hour on this, the Tuesday edition of
0: Bernie and Sid. <laughs>
1: Merchant, These Are Days. Told you I had a question on her many years ago. My good buddy, Richie Shipman, who lives in Tenafly, New Jersey, but we became friendly up at White Lake Homes. He, uh, he loved the 10,000 Maniacs, and he got me onto them. And uh, years ago, they had a couple of nights at the Beacon Theater. That's on the Upper West Side. He used to live around there. And uh, we went, like 20 of us, all the young kids from upstate. And it was great. You know, and everybody liked them at the time. And uh, back then, R.E.M. was another major, major band. I told you this story before. So we're all sitting there watching Natalie Merchant and the 10,000 Maniacs do songs like that. Hey, Jack Kerouac, These Are the Days. And then they start doing Shiny Happy People, which is REM song. And what happens next? Michael Stipe the lead singer of R.E.M., jumps onto stage. He was in the audience with us, we didn't know, watching the show, and he did the song with her. I hated that song. It was my least favorite ever R.E.M. song, but because he did it with her, after that I loved it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is R.E.M., this is 10,000 Maniacs, I'm high as a kite, I'm like 90 drinks in, this is the greatest Tuesday i
12: I've ever had. (laughs)
2: You're
1: so easy.
12: I know. Back then it
1: was easy. (laughs) Now it's even easier. Now if I get a good meal and uh, get to cuddle with Danielle and watch a decent TV show, now I'm really happy. Back then I needed some extra... Stop, if you know what I'm saying, uh, Justin. Like you do now. Justin does a whole bunch of cocaine. Yeah, anyway. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, look,
3: though. Was, look at the job.
1: Well, yeah. You kind of you need it, yeah. don't you? You're going to wake up at 2 o'clock I, in the morning. I keep telling you people not to tell me stuff because I can't, you know, I can't
8: control myself. Right. And, and then you, you, know, you, you, you forget know, your microphone. Just throw it out no, there. Yeah, you listen, know. we all make honest. Yeah. But I was going to say, in, uh, speaking of REM... My dad's pool guy is a big fan of the show. He listens every morning. That's a great story. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> and that's it. And there we go. What is his name? I'm sorry. I don't What's even it? know his name, but he, but he calls me all the time. My dad calls me all the time. He's like, yo, I got the pool guy here. He wants to know what song Sid played yesterday. Is that true?
2: Yeah. The is he pool? in New Jersey,
8: the pool guy? <laughs> no. No, my parents live in South City. Oh, that, that's right. That's right. He used to live
1: in, uh, in uh, where Bill Clinton lives in. Yeah. Chappaqua.
8: No, not anymore. Nobody used to, I know. No? Yeah. yeah. Now
1: they're done by South Philly, okay. So,
8: no, not South Philly. You uh, are, right. like, all
1: out of whack. But anyway, there. how about Jesus those Mets? Christ. Anyway, uh, thank you to the <laughs> pool <story>. guy. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Great story. Thank you Talking about stories, <laughs> I, I can't help but with Mike Brancesa coming up, <laughs> but to uh, take a look back, we've covered Eric Adams and Kathy Holker. We'll do more of it throughout the show. We've got great guests today. Bo Deedle, Ray Kelly, Miranda Devine. We'll discuss all of it. But uh, Mike is coming up at 725, and I have to tell you... It does bring back uh, memories of my career because, you know, it was like 1996 and I had gone down to Florida to go to rehab and I was working all these like real menial jobs. Part of the rehab stay is they want to humble you. So, for example, they would make me walk like three miles from a Marshall's in uh, Delray Beach, Taboka, De and back and forth every day in 90-degree heat. And I would fold clothing all day and spend nine hours there and get paid $83 at the end of the week, I swear to God. And that was part of the experience. And um, Danielle eventually moved down to meet me, which was really great because I had no idea. I actually left her at her college graduation at Brooklyn College. Hillary Clinton spoke that day. And I had no idea if she was going to meet me or just say enough of this crap, I mean, She's gorgeous, brilliant, I don't need this crap. But she did. She came to Florida and met me. We'd been married at the time for about three years. And um, anyway, I was working at Marshall's, and I got a job at L&N Seafood in the Boca Town Center Mall, and I was making biscuits for old people, literally, and taking home about 100 bucks a week. It was so bad. We had a small condominium in uh, West Boca. Danielle came down, got a real job. She made most of the money. And I was just floundering, going back and forth to meetings and trying to figure out my life. And she got me a job with a startup internet company, the very first ever startup sports internet company. This was before, folks, the days of ESPN.com, FoxSports.com. None of those existed. And it was called Sportsline USA. And it was off Cypress Creek Road in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And a guy by the name of Mike Levy, who's a genius and a multi-multi-multi-millionaire, started the the, uh, company. And he brought in people like a guy named Ross Levinson, who was a big star here in New York, a guy named Mark Mariani. He was at TNT. And he started this whole sports internet uh, site. And again, nobody knew about it. It was brand new. And my job was from 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. to sell it, kind of like a cold call would do in the stock market. And Danielle got me the job. She saw me waiting on tables. She said, Sid, Sid, it's a sports place. You know sports. Uh, try it. And I was making eight bucks an hour, and we were still really. This is before Avon Gabriel, but we were really, really struggling. Uh, but this was an opportunity with a brand new startup company, and maybe this thing was going to hit. And of course, as you know, it hit big, and a lot of those guys ended up making millions and millions of dollars because eventually Sports on USA went public, and the stock went through the roof. I think our IPO was like four dollars, and one day it hit eighty-four dollars. So lots of folks made a ton of money, including me. Bought my first house because of the stock, but. Going back to that experience, they started up an internet radio division. Never been done before. Everything that happened on the internet was first done in sports by this company, Sportsline USA. All the information, all the pages, and even the internet radio. And I got a job doing that. The guy, Ross Levinson, my boss, said, Sid, you know so much about sports. You've got that staccato Brooklyn accent. Give it a shot. I was making eight bucks an hour. And I was a Mike and the Mad Dog bear, and I said, Sure, I'll try it. No experience, horrible, the whole thing, you know. Needless to say, uh, that was 1998, internet radio with no experience in South Florida. And by the year 2000, I was on Imus, hosting middays at WFAN and hosting the Giants pregame show. You talk about an unprecedented rise in this industry. Nobody can boast that. Not Mike Francesa, not Chris Russo, not Jim Rome, not Dan Patrick. Yeah, they worked at other stations maybe Jacksonville, maybe Ohio, but I went from internet radio and six listeners to owning nine hours of real estate a day on WFN. And I wasn't very good. <laughs> I don't think I was at least, but I had it. And all of a sudden, there I am walking into a building which had guys like Don Imus, Mike Francesa, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, Joe Beningo, Steve Summers, Jody McDonald, Mark Chernoff. I mean, these, Eric Spitz, these were the greats. You know, if you don't follow Sports Talk Radio, you're like, what is he talking about? Where where was Sean Hannity or Rush Limbaugh or Bob Grant? These were the greats. That was, in my opinion, and at still does well. My buddy Chris Oliveiro does a great job running all the intercom stations. He was my intern, folks, 22 years ago. My intern. And he's been running CBS for the longest time now. But um, as well as they do now, and we kicked their ass, by the way. Just, you know, me and Bernie kicked the living crap in 12-plus out of Boomer and Geo. Geo, that puts. But um, those were the glory days. I think, Lou, you would agree. When you had Imus, then me and Jody, or me and Joe, then Mike and the Mad Dog, then Summers, the Giants. I think you'd agree. Early 2000s, late 1990s.
3: Those were the glory days of WFAN. F- and then you forget the Mets. And, and the Mets. The, and you had the Mets on. Who right. Got, so you had all those announcers. You had Gary. Right. And you had the Rangers
1: and the Knicks, too. They, they eventually went to ESPN, too. Ed Coleman. Yeah, we had all of that. And it was just, it was a great time. A great time to be in Sports Talk Radio. And then, of course, I had the fortunate opportunity. When I say fortunate, uh, I'd be on the IMAX show after something happened in New York, something big like 9 11. That wasn't fortunate, don't get me wrong, but uh, I was able to take part in that, help rebuild the city. And be part of a very, very important daily dialogue. And then I can just completely turn it off and talk about the Mets and the Giants with Joe Beningo at 11 o'clock. It was just a, it was a crazy time. And three years prior, again, I was waiting on tables at a seafood restaurant in Boca Town Center Mall, making less than $100 a week. And now, a second. thank you. And now I'm rubbing elbows with that guy. Mike Francesa. All in that basement, too. In the basement (laughs) in Astoria, Queens, at the Countman Astoria Studios. Well, by the way, they had Lifetime Channel. That was there. And I think, and you would know this better than me, Lou, didn't
3: Bill Cosby also tape there after a while? Yeah. Yeah, after a while. And Sesame Street was there. Really? Yeah. How about that? Right. You'd walk into Big Bird in the cafeteria. <laughs> <I> swear
1: <laughs> to God. God uh, was there. And the, the place was a dump. There was mold. The ceilings were caving in. I just would complain every day. But I will tell you this. They eventually moved WFMAN down to uh, Houston Street. That's where they are now in lower Manhattan. And uh, Hudson Street. Excuse me, Hudson. And I got to tell you, it's a big business building. That's all it is. You could be walking into any corporate setting. The one thing about that dump in Astoria was it felt like radio. Like, you walked in, it was like, I'm here. That building in the city? Totally
3: different. Right? I've been in there. Right? It's, ter- it's not the same at all. Well no. so you walk in, it's like you're walking into Wall Street.
1: Exactly. Or the intimacy of that whole it's radio gone. thing is It's gone. Yeah, exactly. Man. Exactly right. I always felt, and I did a lot of shows on Hudson Street, too. I mean, I spent the whole summer of 2014 filling in for Boomer and Craig and Mike Brancesa and, and all these folks and, and Joe and Evan. But it was not nearly the same. And uh, Mike would probably agree with that. I'm not sure. But Mike will join us again coming up in about 10 minutes. It's a big deal, Mike Brancesa, here on WABC. And then, of course, you've got Bo Deedle coming up at 740. Once again, at 840, former police commissioner Ray Kelly. And 925, the great columnist Miranda Devine. Four great guests about to uh, about to come your way. And a uh, whole week of great guests, too. I've got another surprise coming up tomorrow. And like I said, Bernie may be back as early as Thursday. We'll wait and see. 1 800 848 WABC, 1 800 848 9222. As always, that's the number. Once again, a cavalcade of big name guests about to come your way. Four of them, to be exact. Keep it right here. This is Bernie and Sid in the Morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC, the Tuesday edition.
12: Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Tuesday, after reading the Los Angeles Times over the past few days, I understand why the once-respected newspaper will most likely go out of business. At least, its print edition will. The paper is incredibly out of touch with working non-ideological people who simply want a decent life for themselves and their families. Example. In both L.A. and San Francisco, homeless drug addicts are battering law-abiding citizens. Everybody knows this. You can see it with your own eyes. The crime stats are staggering. And for every crime, a victim suffers. Yet the L.A. Times is not outraged by the addicted criminal or the outrageous district attorneys who refuse to prosecute them. No, the newspaper wants to make it easier to procure and use narcotics without any legal restraints. This, of course, is madness and insulting to the good people being victimized by the irresponsible behavior of addicted criminals. Let me be even more blunt. No American, no person, has the right to publicly intoxicate him or herself and practice criminality in the process. Do we all understand the public safety threat here? Apparently, the uber liberal Los Angeles Times does not. And because of that, it will go out of business. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis
0: Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long and Sid YouTube. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Woo!
1: The summer here in New York for baseball fans, Bruce Springsteen, my buddy Steven Van Zant. These are the glory days Eduardo Escobar became the eleventh ever New York Met to hit for the cycle last night as the Mets got a big win in San Diego, beating the Padres. And uh, the Mets are playing great baseball this year. They've got the best record inside the National League. They're 38 and 19. They've got a nine game lead over the Atlanta Braves. And the only team in baseball, in baseball, playing better than the Mets, the Yankees. The Yanks are 39 and 15. They've got a seven game lead over the Toronto Blue Jays. The Yankees were off yesterday, but right now they're riding a six game winning streak and they will take on the Minnesota Twins later on tonight. So we talked about this yesterday, me and Bernie, talk about glory days. We had a Subway Series, you may remember, back in 2000. That was my first year at WFAN, believe it or not. Wow,
3: that's crazy. Isn't that
1: crazy? Oh <laughs> I, I came to New York in April of 2000 to host the morning show at 102.7 FM WNEW. And at the time, that station was doing great. They had the radio chick Leslie, they had Ron and Fez, they had Don and Mike, and they had an afternoon duo named Opie and Anthony that were kicking ass. And me and Scott Kaplan got the morning gig. And uh, Scott got let go, and they hired Craig Corton to be my co-host, and a guy named Blaine Ensley, who worked with Rocky Allen at WPLJ, it was the three of us. And then eventually they let me go. And Mark Chernoff decided to put me on Imus and hire me at WFAN in 2000. And, of course, that's when the Mets took on the Yankees in the World Series. Uh, isn't that
3: crazy, Lou? You think about it? That's unbelievable. That, is, that was a crazy year. <laughs> it was a crazy year. You didn't happen to get on a subway during that series, did you? Sure and did. Ever? Okay. Because <laughs> sure. I went to that last game.
1: Oh, and that the, last uh, game?
3: Yeah, and I got out at... Uh, was it City Field yet? No, it was Shea. It was still Shea it Stadium. Was Shea, so yeah. the conductor yeah. opened the doors. Everybody got out, and uh, the conductor said, "All right, welcome to the home of the second gr- best New York City team." In New- so obviously, he was a Yankee fan. Well, the of conductor. course, of course. Everybody's booing and cheering. It was, a night. you saw a lot of fights. It was back to the Islander Ranger days. Uh, right. Oh, oh, oh,
1: yep. Those were the great oh, days too. Great,
10: oh, I actually met. That.
1: I went to Rockefeller Center to watch. Mike and the Mad Dog do a live show during the Subway Series when New York was just going crazy. And that's where I met Mark Chernoff for the first time. And he said, hey, let's stay in touch. And as um, well as luck would have it, when WNEW let me go, I was planning on going back to Florida and working in Miami. And instead, Chernoff hired me at FAN. And that was the beginning. It was only five years. You know, most people think I worked there forever because it was such a tumultuous stay. It was only five years. But there was a lot of suspensions, a lot of firings, a lot of New York Post headlines. A lot went on in those five years. But certainly, looking back now, 17 years ago, it was uh, it was unbelievable. It really was. And uh, to have an opportunity to work with guys like Don Imus, Christopher Mad Dog, Russo, and this guy right here who is generally considered the greatest sports talk show host in the history of the media, Mike Brancesa. Uh, was something I'll never forget. Even with the great success me and Bernie are enjoying now, number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City for quite some time, nothing will ever replace what it was like working with those guys. And I learned so much from all of them, especially Mike. So with that said, here he is, the all-time great Mike Francesa. Good morning, Mike. How are you, pal? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. First of all, you've got a, uh, a da- I know you're going to play golf a little bit, so thank you for joining me, but you've got a daily podcast and uh, folks no, ask...
10: Only, only twice a week. Two, uh, okay. I do two podcasts a week. That's it. I just started doing it about, a, about six weeks ago for uh, one of these gambling concerns. It's called BetRivers.com uh, uh, Rush Street Entertainment Rush Street Interactive is the parent company. They're out of Chicago. They're one of the six companies that takes bets in New York. So uh, a bunch of those gambling companies came after me and asked me to do some stuff for them. And what they've decided those companies is that they want to have content and they want to basically use content to get players. And so they basically are all doing that now. And they signed up a whole bunch of people. They signed Bobby Valentine. Uh, they signed Eddie Olchek. They signed Mark Schloreth. They signed Mike Ditka. They, and they signed me. Uh, to do podcasts for them. And I also do their radio commercials. So it's only a couple hours a week.
1: I got you. So now people keep asking me, is it exclusively sports or are you doing politics as well? Because you do delve into the local and national political scene.
10: I've only done, so far I've only done sports. I can do whatever I want. There's no restrictions about anything. I can do whatever I want to do on my podcast. Uh, We they have never said one word about anything. So I I can do whatever I want to do, but so far I've only done sports this, you know, uh, I don't know when things heat up when we're in the next, you know, presidential cycle, which is, Right around the corner, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But right now, I've just done uh, sports.
1: You know, uh, also, Mike, when you consider you're on every day with Dog, and and, uh, you really created Sports Talk, you guys, and and had such great, great success, now you're doing a podcast twice a week. You did it for a long time, Mike, so I know you, you probably don't miss it all that much, but are there days when you wake up when it's a big Yankee win or a big Ranger win, and you go, man, I wish I was doing five hours with Chris today?
10: Well, uh, definitely, uh, when there's big events. And, you know, New York sports has really been in a a real doldrums, has been terrible for years. And now, obviously, things are looking up in in a big way, with the Rangers having the run they're having. uh, The Yankees and Mets are headed for what you would hope would be big falls for both of them, maybe even a Subway Series. You, You have your fingers crossed that the Giants and Jets, who have been just an embarrassment, for you know, going on a decade for the Jets, going on almost a decade for the Giants. So uh, you're hoping that they, with new uh, with new management, are moving in the right direction. But it's really been a rough time in New York. But now, like I said, with especially the Rangers, who I know you're a big Rangers fan, they're, they're coming out of it. And uh, the whole the whole sports scene seems to be on the upswing in New York right now. So I do have the ability, which is the, the good part of this, is anytime I want to comment on anything, I can do it. So I can do whatever. I want. I can do it any day I want. I can do any form I want. So I have complete carte blanche to do any any do it any way I want. If I want to do it every day, if I want to do five in a week, if I want to do whatever I want to do, I'm allowed to do. So uh, they've given me pretty much carte blanche to do what I want.
1: Oh, that's great. You, you've earned that. Mike Francesa, all-time great. He's got his podcast twice a week, the Mike Francesa podcast, still talking uh, New York sports. Uh, Mike, I, I, I can still see you uh, in that studio, both uh, in Astoria and, of course, in uh, lower Manhattan, but Mickey Mantle talking about the Yanks. Yankees right now playing the best baseball in the league league. the 39 and 15 they built up a big lead and Aaron Judge is just playing lights out you've got a great historical reference when it comes to Yankee baseball how good can this Yankee team be
10: I don't think it's an all-time great team I I know people believe that and you keep I keep hearing it I keep people see see people writing it that this team can be all-time great team I don't see it I I don't think they're an all-time great team I think They've got, they had a very good schedule early. Plus, the thing is, their pitching has been insane. Their starting pitching has been off the charts good. It's been unbelievably good. It, it, they have five pitchers who are all dealing. They have guys in the bullpen who are dealing. They find a guy like Holmes who replaces Chapman. He's unhittable. They have gotten insane pitching. If you look at it, other than Judge, who's having an MVP season, he's having a great season and it's going to make him a lot of money. The the other hitters in the lineup, you got guys who want to hit. You got guys like Hicks and and Gallo who don't hit at all. You got guys who haven't even hit to their to their baseball cards, so they can be better <laughs> offensively. I think they will be better offensively, but I don't think they're an all-time great team. That doesn't mean they can't go to the World Series, but I don't think this is an all-time great
2: Yankee team.
1: I don't disagree. Now, on the flip side, Mike Brancesa, the Mets, of course, 86, they won the World Series. Uh, they got back in 2000, lost to the Yankees. You got to go way, way back to get to the Siebert days of 69. This Mets team, which is also playing about 650 baseball, how good could they be?
10: I think they could be scary good for this reason. Uh, if they can build a lead like this, and part of this is because the Phillies, you know, they couldn't get out of their own way, which made them fire a good manager in Joe Girardi. But listen, he didn't get the job done. So I mean, even Joe would tell you that. I mean, uh, I know Joe Girardi very well. Uh, he he knows he didn't get the job done there. They had no bullpen. But even they didn't field their positions. They didn't hit, and they had a great lineup. So uh, the Phillies have been awful. The Braves have had a lot of problems. So that's helped the Mets a lot. But when you realize the Mets have built this lead without maybe the two best pitchers in the league, that's scary when you realize that they could wind up now with a big lead, putting DeGrom and Scherzer back in that rotation. They could be and they have the ability with their owner being the richest man in baseball, they could go out, get a closer to lock down the eighth inning in front of Diaz, get another bat, and now Escobar's starting to hit, get one more bat, and Alonzo's having an MVP season, and then put those two pitches back in the rotation, they could be scary come October.
1: How often now do you talk to uh, Chris? Look, everybody knows about the Mike and the Chris, the dynamic, the back and forth, and and it got ugly at times. I saw it, but it it was always great. You guys always did maintain the respect, if not the love for each other, now you're really separated from a lot of years here, a lot of years. How often do you talk to Chris? What's that like today?
2: You know,
10: I'd say we don't talk a lot, but when we do, it's always friendly. I mean, I played golf with him about uh, six months ago. Um, we've ma- we made an appearance together in March. Uh, they gave us an award uh, for that seminar in the city. And they named a a trophy after the Mike and the Mad Dog show. So Dog and I both appeared together in March uh, at at the at that broadcasting seminar. So uh, uh, we were together then. You know, he'll call me and say, "Can you come on the program?" Maybe once or twice a year. I haven't had him on a podcast, but I'm sure I will. Uh, So we bump into each other. We talk about the kids. You know, now it's about you know he's got four kids who are grown. I have three kids that are you know finishing high school, getting ready to go to college. So, I mean, we talk about that. We might play golf together. you know. But, you know, listen, he has his life, I have mine, but we get along fine. We have no issues. And I'd say we talk maybe every uh, three, two or three months.
1: By the way, your uh, twins are getting ready for college. they born the same year as my daughter Ava. She's also getting ready to go to college yeah, this, uh, this kids summer.
10: Yeah, they'll be seniors this year. Yeah, uh, yeah I have two going to be seniors this year, and I have one who's going to be a junior this year. So, wow. uh, before you know it, they'll all be in college, and uh, t- time flies, I can tell you that. Well, yes. I, I, knew I, you I, I knew you yes. went.
1: I knew you went before we both had uh, any children uh, way back when. You know, you look back tomorrow, I'll let you run, Mike. I know you've got to hit the links, but you look at that lineup. You I Imus in the morning. Imus, God rest his soul, one of the all time greats. Yes. You and Chris, yes. certainly two of the all time greats. And even the other guys around the station me, Beningo, Steve Summers. You think there'll ever be a time again where any station, anywhere, can come close? the amount of talent that was at WFAN all those years?
10: No, I don't, I don't think anything will ever be like it was. You know, we had we had an incredible run. And when, when you realize, when I, when you think back to FAN, you think back to that part of FAN. Uh, after IMAS came over, after FAN had struggled early and then created Mike and the Mad Dog out of the IMAS program because we both came through the IMAS program, um... And you realize that we had the same morning drive and afternoon drive for 17 years. That's unbelievable. I mean, can you think of a state? Think about how quickly now programs change. Yep. We yep. had the same morning and afternoon. Now we did have a lot of different shows go through, as you know, go through the mid the midday. Yeah, we <laughs> <But did. laughs> we, we, we anchored. the two two drive times with the same programs for 17 years, so the continuity there was unbelievable and you're right, when you realize that, uh, you know, you talk about uh, Bernie, who I hope is doing well, and you. Then you talk about guys who have gone through the show uh, and then, you know, people that people know, like Evan or uh, Joe Benigno, Steve Summers, who was there forever, Eddie Coleman, and then realize my first board-up was Iron Eagle. Look what Iron Eagle's accomplished. Mike Green started at that station, came through that station. Uh, Another guy who's had a great career. Uh, Look what some of the interns that we had, and some of the guys who were board ops, look at what they 've accomplished and there there a lot of them are out there being very successful broadcasters right now, so it's really an amazing amount of people who have come through who came through f a n especially in that first 20 years, an amazing amount of broadcasters came through that uh, came through FAN. In some impact, I'd say there must be 25, 30 guys who have been who came yeah. through FAN in, in that regard.
1: I think you're right. 60 seconds, and we'll let you run, Mike. And it's great to have you on this show today. It means a lot to me and Bernie, who's listening. From his uh
10: Bernie's feeling better, so tell him I said that.
1: I will, thank you. Uh, right now you've got a great life. Kids are off to college. You've had an amazing career. You're playing golf today. You've got your podcast. But can you envision any scenario where in some capacity Mike Brancessa once again is on the radio five days a week?
10: Never. No, I can't. <laughs> I, 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 and nor do I want to. You know, Sid, I did, I did over 32 years in the same program at the same time every day yep. it never changed i did not too many people keep the same job i had the same and in and in, in broadcasting it's never happened I had the same show at the same time for thirty over 30 years, continuously. I was there for 35 years. I mean, that's an incredible run. I mean, I, I put in a lot of time. I did six days a week during the football season. I did five days a week and did five and a half hours every day. So I did more broadcasting than most people will ever do in a lifetime. So to want to do it every day now, I can't see it. I, I, I don't think I would enjoy it. And not only that, we're going to split our our lives. We're we're going to live uh, half the year in Florida. We have a house in Palm Beach. We're going to live half the year here. So, I mean, up in New York, I always come back to New York every year. I love New York, I, I really do. But I hate winters now, which, which <laughs> happens when you get older. You hate the winter. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I like being in Florida, and and we built a house in, in Palm Beach. So, uh, and we've had that for like four years now. So, we'll be back and forth uh, with the you know with the kids going to college, and that's the, that's the lifestyle that I want. And no, I wouldn't want to do it. I like having my Hand back in. It's fun. Uh, It's nice having a platform. Uh, The podcast is going very well. So they're very happy with it. So from that standpoint, that's plenty, to be honest with you. And, you know, uh, make an appearance here and there for them when, when they, when they need me to do it, you know, voice some commercials and that's enough to keep me busy. That's for sure. All
1: right. Listen, it sounds like your life is great. Again, Jack, Emily, all the kids doing their thing. You guys got two homes. You know what?
10: If you have health, that's all you can ask for. You know, it's true. You just got to be healthy because if you don't have that then nothing else really matters. Uh, Listen,
1: uh, You are so right in watching my partner go through what he's been going through now for six months, Mike. This guy's going for chemo four days a week, once a month. It's terrible. It really is terrible. Terrible. Hopefully he's going to be okay, but you just made the best point of all. If you've got your health, then you can enjoy your life. And you've earned it, man. You've had a great career. Thank you for hopping on today. Please come by more often. Thank you, Mike.
10: Continued success. I'll see you. Take
1: care. Take care. There he is, the great Mike Francesa, part of that legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination and uh, listen, if you're a young kid in sports talk radio, that's what you measure up to. It's really that simple. That's, that's that's it. If you can get half, half the Marconi's and ratings wins and money that those guys got, you've had yourself a great career. Thank you very much to Mike Brancessa. Bo Dietl
0: is coming up next. Bernie and sit in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
5: We are taking bold, strong action. We're tightening the red flag laws to keep guns away from dangerous people. And we're raising the age of semi-automatic weapons so no 18-year-old can walk in on their birthday and walk out with an AR-15. Those days are over. Those days are over. You hear that? Those days are over.
1: Governor Kathy Hochul, I'm good with that, raised the age of 18 to 21. I like that. She also talked about social media, so she had some good things to say yesterday. She still sucks. Well, had good things to say yesterday. Our next guest, after Mike Brancessa, is another longtime friend of me and Bernie, about 30 years. This guy was a hero cop for the longest time. Now he's a great actor. Actually, look up to this guy. I spoke to him on the phone on Sunday. He was so great in all those movies, The Irishman, Wolf of Wall Street, Goodfellas. He's in Gravesend, Godfather of Harlem. He's turned into this really amazing actor. Here he is, the great Bo Deedle. Bo, good Tuesday morning. How about your friend there, Mike Brancessa? How about that?
9: No, he should stop eating pizzas. Okay. Uh, let's get into <laughs> oh, important You're things. Funny. Hey, let's get into important things, all right? They just had breaking news from Sloan Memorial Sloan Kettering. Yep. They have every patient that entered this new drug is in remission every patient this is some breaking news that just hit the wire right now people are crying with happy tears it's been going on for six months there's a new drug out there that really is attacking this cancer i think that's the best news that i heard hold hold on a second Is
1: bernie is bernie taking that drug i don't think about this I
9: i have no idea All I'm saying is breaking news for Memorial Sloan Kettering. It's on the wire. It's just some great news because we'll go into Governor Hochul right now. But I had to talk about that because a lot of people are dealing with that. I love these 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 uh, all these discoveries that they're doing. I was at the uh, uh, Damon Runyon Foundation where we pay scientists develop the new cures this is what it's all about all right let's go to the important issues today first i listened to governor hoko and she's standing with air with all these other morons around her with a <laughs> gun control. let's 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 hit, the, let's hit the main button here. First of all, she knows she's in trouble, so she's trying to say and do anything. I'm 100% supportive of the 18 to 21, but let's get to the real problem, Governor Hochul. What do you live in a birdcage? Oh, put another $2 million into your office and put a veranda out there when people are getting murdered and gunned. And
1: by the way, I'm glad you brought that up, Bo. Not just $2 million into her office, but the guy who's doing the work in her office is a big-time donor, which is about as corrupt. Yeah. As her husband, one of the
9: concessions at the Buffalo Bill Stadium. Yeah, well, you got, you know, she's a corrupt piece of garbage, and we need one of these Republicans to take her out. End the story. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to change yourself. Hey, look, it, I like the social media. When you got convicted fellas that are posing online with automatic guns, you could get a warrant. You could go to any judge, get a warrant, hit that house, get the gun, lock the creep up there, and that's the end of that story. And the first thing, if you're real, Governor Huckle, Fire that D.A. Bragg right away. Go there and relieve him of his command. Yep. Show us that you got some ball bag. Then again, I don't know who has a ball bag anymore. <laughs> they just hired a trans, uh, trans uh, transformer cheerleader over there with the Carolina Panthers. I don't know who's got the got the goods and ain't got the goods. Maybe the go, go, go hopeful got the goods. I don't know what the hell he is. All right. Now let's get to uh, my friend Eric Adams. When he says things, I actually text him. When he says the right things, I agree with what he says. He sounds like he's really sincere with this and I gotta tell him let's 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 give him some time and he admit, you know, we're the last laughing stock. What I did was I spoke to one of the FBI leaders here in the New York area, tri state area. And I said the is right before us because we're not getting these criminals locked up with guns carrying three, four, five we have to use the federal government i call out to this sleeping president you want to solve this murder problem of 21 murders across this country in 2021 we have to start by federal we have to arrest them under the federal laws under the federal laws if you're a convicted felon and you get caught with a gun you're going away for five to ten years the problem here is From this is directly from one of my FBI friends, who is one of the supervisors. You got to get in there, and you got to hire more AUSA's, Assistant U.S. Attorneys, to prosecute. Their problem is we don't have the manpower to prosecute. Well, let's hire more. Let's put federal budget. Hire more your AUSAs, and what we have to do is we have to build more jails. I'm sorry. I'm not worrying about the criminal and the criminal elements. Oh, he grew up with no daddy. No, no. I'm worried about the damn victims, so let's build more jails. This, this is one of the biggest problems that we have. We care about the criminals. We don't care about the criminals. And these are the cases, said with these things called trigger lock, gun lock cases. It goes by different names. They're doing these cases now, and they're federally charging some of them. Let's expand it. Let's expand it so we put these little creeps away. You know, we have what happened in Chicago. Everyone loves... Uh, Chicago, Philadelphia, everyone loves buzzwords. You know, they're talking about mass shooting, mass shooting. That's a buzzword now all of a sudden. Well, they called a mass shooting in Philadelphia the other day. Three dead, I think 12 shot. Hey, Memorial Day weekend, you had 15 shot dead in the city of brotherly love Philadelphia. This is a mass epidemic going across our country. The only way we're going to stop it is lock up. And put the criminals in jail. Stop pushing well, around. Let me stop
1: you for a second. When you say it's a mass right. epidemic, you know, yes, it happens in New York. It happens in Philadelphia. It happens in Chicago. It happens in Los Angeles, Atlanta. What do all these cities have in common? I know you know the answer, Bo, but they're all blue. So it's not happening, for example, in Miami. It's not happening. I know we've seen some mass shootings in Texas, but they're all blue cities, all blue states. And until some of these DAs, attorney generals, and politicians, come to the realization that they are not working. Even Eric Adams. What What is this new thing, Bo, when not once now, but twice, twice, Eric Adams has basically called out the white journalist? What is that all about?
9: Uh, you know, I hate to hear that. And I'm going to tell you something. That pisses me off. And I, 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 I texted him uh, yesterday. said, now nah, you're sounding right. If he, and he sounded very passionate about it yesterday. Yeah, he, did, he did. And I like what I heard. But my point is now follow up with it and stop worrying about your black, your white. Look at Eric. I look at you like the man you are. You made it through the police department. You are a police captain. You want to help this city, and you could be the greatest mayor. You're black, and he gives you the benefit and the advantage where people can't say that you're a racist. So use that talent you have, and let's work together. Of course, the victims, Eric majority of them are black on black crime. So let's be real about it. You're going to save this city if you put it in full throttle. And like I said, the answer is right away to this huckle and all these Democrat state senators and state assembly people up there, the leaders and all that. Shove it up their caboodle. Start using the federal government. Start calling out to the president. We, You, you want to give us help there, Sleepy? How about we hire more AUSAs, uh, just for one specific reason, to prosecute these criminals with guns, that's what I'm saying. It's right there. The law is there. You don't need these idiots in New York State. And then the big thing, too, Governor and Mr. Mayor, all these appointed judges, Mr. Mayor, they're appointed. And if they're not doing their job, why don't you fire Get them out. Tamara. Get them out. Four of them. Get them out. Fire them. They- Yep. That that thing up in the Bronze there, that thing that's letting everybody go. I don't even want to announce their name. But you know what? That would be something, Eric. Yep. Where you stand there and you go, "Well, I'm announcing. Judge this, judge that, judge this. You have I've now been relieved of your command for not doing your duty. Go to Florida and go get tan, or whatever the <laughs> hell you want to go. My my reality is my reality is the answers are all here. The answer is one thing. When you have a criminal that is a repetitive criminal, like this other guy, 46 arrests. He, he, oh, but he was he was arrested only for uh, stealing stuff from stores. No, 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 no. When you got a criminal out there, there's only one thing a criminal has to know, that you're going to go to jail. You like living there? You like eating bologna sandwiches with Kool-Aid? Well, keep doing it, and let's build more jail. Let's get tough on crime and stop worrying about, oh, this kid didn't have a daddy. Hey, look, at my forty to beat me with a buckle. He was born in Germany. He used to beat me with a belt buckle. That's why I didn't become a wise guy because I was so afraid of my father. And you know what? That didn't mean nothing, but he taught one thing, respect. And you're out there with people and you have to respect people. And one other thing, if people need help, You've got to help them. And New York City needs help. This country needs help, and we have to help all the people. We have the tools. You're going to have my great friend Ray Kelly coming on next. He will explain to you exactly what I was talking about using the federal law. And their big thing is, well, the AUSA's, the assistant attorney generals, say we got these bigger cases. I'm not worrying about wasting my time trying to prosecute these Democratic criminals, which they walk right out. It was this, this trial in, in Washington with that assessment uh, was was just like a John Gotti set up trial yep. with the jury. Yep. I don't see the difference between yep. it. A uh, guy uh, bribing jurors, or this guy Sussman bribing ju- jurors. Yep. It's the same crap. Uh, I agree. Yet.
1: No, it is. Oh, it oh is. Well, listen, yeah. Bo. Bo uh, again, a tremendous appearance today. Just great, and uh, we love having you on. And the the listeners love you. I mean, they go crazy.
12: Well, you when you what? come I'm on,
9: filming. I'm filming. today. Great. I'm filming our grades there today. And something happens to me on Thursday. Uh-oh. Something happens oh, something. Oh no. I'm not going to tell you. uh Oh. Uh oh! All right, but no, 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 no! I don't go bye bye. Okay, good. I, I get close to bye bye. <laughs> okay, good. Hey, 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 love you and uh, hey, listen, send my love to Bernie. I, I text him all the time. I will. And let's let's pray that this news can 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 transfer into our friend getting better. Yeah, That's I think awesome. I think
1: the drug you're talking about, Bo, is something called Keytruda, and I do believe it's the same drug that made Jimmy Carter, the former president's, tumors vanish. So, you're right. There is a, a, a tremendous upside and optimism for cancer patients like Bernie that this could actually help them. So, thank you for a great appearance. Bernie loves you. I love you. And uh, continued success in acting, too. You, you're really a tremendous actor. So, thank you, Bo. Sid,
9: you're the best. And send my love to the family and everybody out there. God bless all our friends out there, please. And remember one thing, we can turn this thing around. We can change it. I call upon Eric Adams, stand up. I got your back. You want me to go into neighborhoods with you? I'll start tossing people. I locked up over 100 gun arrests, never killed nobody, Fifteen hundred arrests. You know what? There's a way of doing it. And you know what? I'm starting to see something happening in this city. Good. I truly am seeing something. Okay. Well
1: I'll tell you this the shootings are down and we'll get to that sound with Eric Adams and John Miller coming up. As Bo mentioned, we will talk to former NYPT Commissioner Ray Kelly coming up at eight forty and the great Miranda Devine coming up at nine twenty-five, only halfway through.
2: Oh. Oh.
0: On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
6: Seventeen years by her side, broke the same bread, wore the same clothes, and we said, We're sisters
2: with nothing between. If one of us falls, the other will soon be following. Both of you fell the same day You don't know why One of you never woke
0: up And you lay your body down on the floor You're
6: desperate to hear I footsteps again But this house is on
2: fire We need to go Whoa.
1: The fray, one for your life at 8.06 on your gorgeous Tuesday morning here in New York City. Welcome back to the second half, hour number three of today's Bernie and Sid in the Morning show here on Talk Radio 77 WABC, being inundated with messages from listeners who love the first two hours. Bo Deedle, he's always great, and it was really special to hear from Mike Francesa, who I thought was fantastic today. I mean, uh, just uh, gracious, and uh, of course, no one knows more about sports then Mike uh, reliving some of those WFM days, his relationship with Chris Russo. I thought that was a uh, a legitimately great appearance. Man, by did, Mike. That,
3: did that take you back? It did, right? <laughs> to all of us working in that yeah. crazy, historic it studio. It was,
1: <laughs> you know. And and of course, look, I I look back, and you know, a lot of guys in this business have to work a long time to get to a place like that. You know, they'll they'll do updates in Toledo. You know, they'll 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 produce in Lacrosse. They'll do an afternoon show in, you know, Clarksville, Tennessee, just to do one update on WFAN, and I, I did nothing. You know, I never took a communications class in my life, not in high school, not in college, nothing. My life experience—I hate to say it—jail, rehab, <laughs> that type of stuff. You know, that was that was my schooling. I didn't take. Communications ever didn't work on a college radio
3: station. Did you do that? I'm sure you did it for them. Yeah, I did. Cause okay, I went there, but I went there for the really for the radio station, right? Which was still a it's a great station. I think W F U V. Yeah, it's still big. With Breen came out of it. Michael K. Yes, Jody McDonald, I think too.
1: Uh, Vince Scully. Uh, Vince but Scully. I I never did any of that stuff. None of it. And I'm floundering. Can't make a living. Danielle, gorgeous, on her way to law school, needs me like she needs a boil on her ass. And she's sticking with me and she's trying to find me work and she finds me this job. But, you know, here I am thrust from internet radio three years later into I Miss, the midday show, of the Giants. And I'm here to say I never appreciated it. I didn't work hard to get it, I just got it. Chernoff gave me an opportunity and it worked out. And when I wasn't screwing up off the field, I was scoring touchdowns on the field. I remember Chernoff said to me once, You called me in the office, i had been suspended again after some some night out during the Republican National Convention, and he said, I don't understand you. He goes, you can spend the next 30 years here, 30. You can be the next Mike Brancesa, Chris Russo. When I miss retires, that show is yours. It's yours. Get about boomer, Craig. It's yours. What are you doing? You got to go out at night. You got to go to Atlantic City. You gotta... I'm like,
2: Tony, calm down.
1: I'm fine. You know what I went to rehab? They told me fine is a great acronym for F, effed up, I, insecure, N, neurotic, E, emotional. So when your kid says to you they're fine, they're all of those things. And I would always say I'm fine. And I was never fine. And I lost it. I lost all of it. I, I, I talk about leaving Tenafly, New Jersey, getting in my car, knowing my, my I was done. I lost my job at FAN. I'm about to lose my house. My daughter is 18 months old. I got a dog in the back seat. I got Danielle. I'm moving her away. She had a great job crying in the front seat. And I remember everybody was asleep, even the dog, Lucy. And I was driving through the mountains in North Carolina. And I was saying to myself, man, what did you do? That's a dream opportunity. Millions and millions of dollars. And even above and beyond that. And I blew it. I blew it. So to be sitting here today, folks, you have to understand, um, my partner, Bernie, who's fighting for his life and and doing a great job, he's going to be okay. Trust me. He's going to be okay. Um, And he's wonderful. He's a great guy. But there are very few people in this industry who are the amount of chances I've had. I get that. But listen, I hate to say it. I'm going to sound like a dick. But I'm great at this. I got talent. And it's no different with like a football player. If you can go score touchdowns, they're going to make excuses for you, even if you're the biggest hole on the team. So I kept getting more and more opportunities, but now I savor it. John and Margo Katsumatidis and Chad Lopez, they've given me this forum. And I ain't never, never leaving this place. And thank God all those issues are well behind me, well behind me. And now I'm just an old guy who wants to spend time on the radio and time on the beach with my wife and kids. But I'm lucky because even with all the talent I've got, and I've got it, I, I, I really tried my best even when I went to Miami. I got thrown out of New York. I went to Miami, and I effed up there. Lost my job at WQAM because of a DUI. So I guess the, the moral of the story is, is uh, to remain optimistic Stay resilient, and when folks tell you it's over, which I was told many times, from the New York Post to the Miami Herald to the um, a bunch of those blogs and websites, a bunch of them, he's done, Rosenberg's over, tell him F you and get up the next day and try it again. And who knows, maybe one day you can be the morning show host at WABC. Working with guys like Lou Ruffino. Lou Epping Rufino, Hall of Famer, greatest board up ever. So let's get back to the business at hand. Again, Francesa was great. Bo Deedle was great. Former New York Police Commissioner Ray Kelly coming up at 840. That's going to be terrific. Miranda Devine coming up at 925. But uh, we, uh, we did talk with Bo about Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul. If you missed it, Hochul spoke yesterday. And, and, and I said this earlier, and Bo repeated it, and he's right. Look, she knows the writing's on the wall. She's in trouble. Not from Tom Swazi or Jumani Williams. Not those guys, but whether it's Lee Zeldin, uh, Andrew Giuliani, who I'm becoming very, very close with, or Rob Astorino, who I had a great phone conversation with last night. Great. She's in trouble. She knows it. So now she's starting to sound almost rational, including changing the age, buying a gun, social media. So if you missed it, Here was a very rational Governor Hochul. She still sucks, trust me. But here's a very rational Governor Kathy Hochul yesterday. Lou, play these in succession, cuts 13 through 15.
5: In New York, we are taking bold, strong action. We're tightening the red flag laws to keep guns away from dangerous people. And we're raising the age of semi-automatic weapons so no 18-year-old can walk in on their birthday and walk out with an AR-15. Those days are over. Those days are over. You hear that? Those days are over. When did we become a nation that reveres the right to have the ability to possess a gun over the right of a child to stay alive? When did that happen? And in the state of New York, we're now requiring social media networks to monitor and report hateful conduct on their platforms. Thank you, Senator Anna Kaplan. And thank you, assignment Member Patricia Fahey. And now we're going to continue focusing on this. We're going to establish a task force on social media and violent extremism to investigate the role of social media in promoting domestic terror and our great leader our Ugh. attorney general will be championing yeah. this cause with every power her office can bring it at their disposal
1: that was about as sane as you love her here kathy Hokel, except for the very end when she referred to the attorney general who's letitia james as great letitia james sucks every bit as much as kathy Hochul. i mean she really sucks really sucks so she was doing okay up until that point. But you hear what she, and I agree with bo- both of those things, Raise the age from 18 to 21, fine. Uh, certainly want to check their social media. There is a piece of good news. You know, shootings are down in the city. Crime is at an all-time high. It feels like it's, it's just, it's out of control here, and it is, but shootings are down. Eric Adams, the mayor, made that point yesterday. Lou, this is Eric
11: Adams 11. Shooters are going down without violating the constitutional safeguards that we have in place. We're decreasing shootings. We're taking bad guys off the streets, and we're going to create a safe city in the process.
1: Now, if you don't believe Eric Adams, you got to believe this guy. I love this guy, former FBI guy, John Miller, one of the guys I really respect. He was on with my main man, John Katsimatidis, the great John Katsimatidis, Kats at Night a couple of days ago or maybe in the round table, I forget, they're both great shows. It was Cats at Night, yes. And he said the same thing, John Miller, that shootings are down in the city. This is John Miller 16.
13: Good news is, as we're rounding, um, next week would be the eighth week, but we're rounding seven weeks of steady declines in shootings. Um, That is not an accident. That is the result of of a strategy. Uh, The Bronx was driving shooting statistics for a while. We flooded the Bronx with cops. We um, doubled the number of SRG, the strategic response team members our flying squad uh, and and intensified the patrol up there. Uh, We have a couple of very good crime fighter inspectors. One's got the north and the other's got the south. And, you know, they've divided the borough um, and they're really focused. So we are seeing results in reducing violent crime, gun crime.
1: Now my favorite audio of the day comes from a guy named Michael Schellenberger. If you don't know who that is, don't worry about it. Okay, folks. He's he's a guy that ran for governor in 2018 as a Democrat in the state of California. He's running again in 2022. He's got about as much of a chance to win as I do, which is zero. <laughs> but he's actually changed his party affiliation from Democrat to undefined, because he's had enough. If you don't know this story, the district attorney and San Fran, uh, Chesa Boudin, is uh, being recalled. And that, that's today, I believe, much like the governor, Gavin Newsom, was in California a couple of months ago. But there's a very, very good chance that Boudin is going to be removed because he's one of these douchebag DAs that uh, believes outside of killing somebody, and even that, every other crime should be okay. Don't worry about it. You know, you want to, you know, I guess uh, maybe rape is a bit much, too. But, you know, he, he, he's basically the white Alvin Bragg of California. And Alvin Bragg should take notice. Now, Kathy Hochul is too much of a pussy to fire him. I know that. She'll never do it. But, but, the day that Zeldin, Astorino, or Giuliani wins, Alvin Bragg, you're out on your ass. You're gone. You're gone. You, I know you try to change some of your initial initial policies to make it seem like you care. You don't care. You're a joke. You're just like Jesse Boudin. You're just like Gascon, all of these guys. And even a former Democrat gubernatorial candidate like Michael Schellenberger has had enough. And that's what we're hoping, me and Bernie, is the case with lots of folks making sure we get the red wave in 2022 and maybe a return to Pennsylvania Avenue for Donald Trump in 2024. Here, we're going to play cuts uh, eight and nine. Michael Schellenberger basically talks about how all these people, Gascon and um, Chester Boudin, they care more about the criminals than the actual folks on the street. This is Schellenberger number eight.
7: I think it's not a coincidence that the people that say they hate Western civilization, the people that say they hate America, are advocating for policies that reduce any penalties whatsoever for people that commit extremely violent crimes. But neither Chesa Bodine nor Gavin Newsom nor George Gascon have been reaching out to victims' families. I mean, here you get people mowed down in the street and they mm-hmm. won't even talk to them. Their fundamental concern is with the criminals and with reducing penalties on the criminals. But they're all in the grip of a victim ideology. They're in the grip of liberal white guilt. They think that we've all sinned because of the things that happened in the past, and they're trying to get revenge on the society.
1: That's a Democrat. Michael Schellenberger, he's had enough. He talked about the white guilt, which is nonsense, and he talked about how these DAs actually care more about the criminals than they do Sid Rosenberg and or Lou Ruffino. Thank you. My phone is blowing up. I, I guess uh, people really appreciated the honesty I showed early in this segment when I talked about uh, where I was, where i had been, and how I ended up here. So thank you for that. Uh, listen, we got more great show coming your way. Lydia Reports is coming up next. Then we'll talk to the former NYPD commissioner. He's a great guest, Ray Kelly, coming up at 840. And then the best writer in the country. New York Post columnist Miranda Devine set to stop by at 925. This off the heels of Mike Francesa and Bo Deedle. Folks, now you know why. Bernie and Sid, we are number one.
0: This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani.
14: Sid, white supremacy struck again. This time over the weekend in the Bronx. An African American guy violently grabbed a woman and just flung her onto the tracks obviously i'm being facetious (laughs) because you know biden says the greatest threat facing our democracy aoc you name it any politician it's white supremacy yet here we have another video i mean did you see this video i put it on my twitter i did this guy just randomly grabs this woman and flings her like a rag doll onto the subway tracks
1: No, I know. That's why they'd much rather talk about the shooter in Buffalo. See, Ubaldi doesn't doesn't lend to the narrative because he was a Latino animal. But uh, let's keep talking about the Buffalo shooter because he was white. Because you're right, in these stories, the crimes committed in this city, in this city, predominantly against the Asian community, the Jewish community, and the subway crime are almost all committed by black people. Almost all of them. These are the facts. They're not comfortable. Some people don't want to hear it. Some people don't want to hear it from a white guy. Eric Adams, if you're listening, I know you don't want to hear it from me because I'm white, but I'm just stating fact, including the story right now. They're almost all committed by black people.
14: And you notice what the media is doing, that Philly shooting. They call it a mass shooting because they want to. Three people are dead,
1: I know. But it's more, see, by definition, more than two is a mass shooting, but it does sound silly. I agree with you.
14: But you know why they say mass shooting? Because then it sounds like the Buffalo shooting. It sounds like the Uvalde shooting. When in actuality, the Philly shooting, the Tennessee shooting, all of these shootings, they're gang shootings. They don't say gang shooting anymore because then we'll know they're black people. And that's why my husband will go, oh, my, there was another mass shooting. I'm trying to find out, like, who the shooter was. I said, as soon as you realize they don't say who the shooter is, the media doesn't say who it is, I can guarantee you it's a black guy because if it's a white guy, it's the first thing they're going to say it's a white person linked to hate crime white supremacy they'll try to throw trump in there you know that's how it goes that's the narrative you know they want to stoke this fear and division in the country
1: well they always want to bring up i mean you got this uh, the january 6th the first committee hearing and we'll go back to your story in a second is set for thursday night i know pelosi is going to run that thing and we've been offered by the way a whole bunch of republicans who want to talk about this everybody from jim jordan to marjorie taylor Greene may be on this show in the next few days but again th- this is such a farce you go back to any any night In the summer of 2020, in any one of these given cities, New York, Atlanta, Chicago, Seattle, Philadelphia, and the damage was worse, and the way they treated cops was worse, and the amount of people killed were larger than anything that happened on January the 6th. But any way they can include Donald Trump's name, they do it even at the risk of lying, and these stories you're covering, Lydia, are no different.
14: They're obsessed and that's why Biden has now made Putin the boogeyman instead of Trump and COVID because you can't blame COVID anymore. It's been two and a half years you can't blame trump he hasn't been in office for two years he's kind of kind of staying on the down uh, low listen, so it's like the, now uh, let's no, make Putin let, the let boogeyman no, the reason for the inflation no
1: i know he did but he also blamed trump last week for inflation i don't know if you know that know, but know. so we're only a week yeah. away from biden blaming both of those and you make a very good point. point two years removed from COVID and trump he still blames them yes putin is the easier one but he's still using trump and COVID.
14: So I know we talked a lot about over the weekend, we witnessed those kids in a gay bar in Dallas, Texas, giving dollar bills to men dressed up as women while watching in awe at how these same men were able to do splits, slamming their privates onto the floor. And yet they aren't in any pain. I know they tuck it, but how they're able to just like fling themselves up in the air. I don't have, you know, male privates, but I have a husband, I have brothers. And I know if you just flick them, they're like in a lot of pain. So yeah. how they're able to do that is amazing. But now I want you to listen to this woman. I know we talk about the trans stuff, but you know what's re- see? Your kids are grown. You're lucky. Well, Gabe isn't grown, but you know you don't have to worry about like no. him getting you know no. you know brainwashed no. or anything. No, like no, that. He, and,
1: he, he's thirteen. He knows what body part he wants.
14: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But what's really frightening is, listen to this woman. I was watching this interview. She's a board-certified, Brown University, which is an Ivy League school, top NYU Langone Hospital affiliated plastic surgeon. She openly stated and believes that kids as young as nine years old should begin hormone blockers. If they ask for a while, meaning up to maybe six months around six months, if they keep saying they're a boy or a girl or whatever, that they should start hormone blockers as young as nine. Take a listen to this doctor. She has a ritzy office making bill- probably gazillion dollars, you know, on Fifth Avenue preying on these young children that are confused and the parents. Her name is Dr. Alexis Hazen. Take a listen.
5: I think the hormonal blockers are, are relatively new in the trans and non-binary experience
14: and have been super helpful so I think you know if you look at families and you have to look at you know when puberty starts in a certain in a family and if you're seeing signs of of puberty then that's the time
5: to start. You know for for some people like you said puberty starts at 9 but for others it might not be until 13.
1: Jesus I mean just it's terrifying. I mean, and and, and by the way, you Bernie will often you say, "I'm not sure these people." Yeah, I mean, he goes, "I'm not sure these people actually believe this." Th- these people really believe it. Like that lady believes in.
14: Well, th- I mean, because think about it. If like a lot of people just trust their doctors blindly, and say your kid is a little confused, acting or depressed or whatever, and you bring the kid to this doctor who is like, she has a really impressive credentials. You look her up and everything. And here she is saying, yeah, if your kid's been saying something for six months, they say they're a boy trapped in a girl's body or vice versa. Give them some life altering hormones, inject Mm. themselves that can cause cancer, harm their fertility for life. I mean, this is like, I I couldn't when I I was like, no way. Because you think about quacks, you know, you think about YouTube doctors, but we're talking Fifth Avenue. You're yeah. talking Brown University, NYU Langone no. affiliated. So second. when you got people at the top tier yeah, but, but, saying but, this but, kind of stuff, you're we're talking, in trouble.
1: You're talking about a, ver- a very liberal, and I know my friend Dr. Mark Siegel went to Brown University. His daughter goes there. Ava actually applied there. Uh, very liberal school, Fifth Avenue, very liberal. And politics now plays a bigger part than medicine. So I'm not surprised. Fifth Avenue, she may have great medical credentials, but she's a liberal first. That's how it works these days. You're a liberal before you're a mom or a dad. You're a liberal like Tom Swasey. You're a liberal before you're, a, you're a, a doctor. That doesn't surprise me, but I did hear somebody say yesterday, and I'm interested in your response because you're a woman, Lydia. Uh, some woman said yesterday that every female, every female is bisexual in nature. Is that true? You're a female. You know it's true. It is true, right? Yes. <laughs>
14: And then you woke up from your from your dream. <laughs> no, no, no! I swear to God, And you realize no, that that's not true. No, 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 no,
1: no, no, I I know. I I agree. It probably isn't true. But somebody actually—I was Fox News or. Well,
14: listen. Yeah. I think that if a girl, okay, this can see now, I'm going to get in trouble. You're going to get me in trouble with me. That, I think if I a girl is bi, if a girl is bisexual, that's more understandable. Me too. Because you know it's. Uh, Girls are more touchy feely. We're more sensual. We want to hug and kiss, you know, our kids and stuff like that. So if that kind of happens with a friend, I can understand the kissing. And also, nothing is inserted into any body. Well, that's cavities. not true. That's Whereas not true. with a guy. No, that's not when true. A g- I, I know, I know the friend. Right. Right, right, but right, I'm right. saying when a guy. Right. I got you. That, you're not, you're not, right. They're I got bisexual. you. I, I will say that's this. gay. Right. I mean, I think you're <laughs> that's gay. gay. You can't be. Uh, you can't, <laughs> I think you can be a woman. And be bisexual and be straight, technically. But I think a guy, if he's bisexual, he's gay.
1: I totally agree. I totally agree. Guy does it once. Because that's
14: like taking it to a whole other level.
1: level. Totally agree. And and I had a lot of friends that were girls growing up. And also girls, they like to experiment. And I had a lot of friends, a bunch, three or four, that were straight, then gay, then straight, then gay. A guy, you do that once. That's it. I mean, you know,
14: I was watching. Yeah, you're gay. Actually, my this guy, Nick, that I know, he was straight his whole life. And then he said he got drunk one night. He started, you know, hooked up with some guy, got some, you know, favor from a guy. And he's like, oh, that's it. I'm gay because there's no way no girl's ever done to me what that guy did to me. (laughs) Uh, That's because they know you guys are used to the equipment all the time. Sure. But like a a girl. So I was watching Summer House, one of the reunions. And that girl, Lindsay, who's Carl and everything. She was like, oh, everybody. Girls always, you know, perform oral oral on each other. Right. Right. And I was like, that's disgusting. Yeah. Like, that's not that's not true. And she was. That's what's scary to me is that you have girls in their 20s, 30s. I'm older. I, I. I, that, that's never even crossed my mind. I've never kissed sure. a girl. Right. Never, nothing. Right. But I mean, sure. you hear about so they, yeah. they think it's normal. It, they think that's 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 where I'm kind of like scared for our generation that people well, think that. Uh, like I would
1: just say this, Lydia: you're never normal. too old to you're never too old to try. That's how I would end this okay. conversation. All right.
14: Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Oh, what? Is a... what is
3: <laughs>
14: that is. I'm a in great so much report. trouble now. No, you're not. I
3: got. Lydia,
1: you're not in trouble. This is what people want to hear. If Matt Meany, who's not even here today, by the way, is on vacation. He's in Denver or something. But if he has a problem with it, let him come talk to me. That was a great report. Great. Thank you.
14: <laughs> that was a great report. And this report is sponsored by Lube for Life. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> where's Glenn? Let's get Glenn and Leslie. Here we go. We're Because get- they were actually talking about getting a sponsor for the report. So now they have it. Perfect. Now we can do like lubes and other yeah. sex now toys you can get into trouble and,
1: but you're, you're right now yeah. now
14: i'm in trouble now i'm in <laughs> trouble john Matitis, five o'clock we will not be talking about lube or sex toys or anything on cats at night we will be talking about all the issues that matter from around the world to around the block and john says it all the time we end the show this way but it's absolutely 100 percent accurate we stand for truth Justice and the American way. Cats at night, five o'clock. You don't want to miss it.
1: Thanks. That's a great job, Lydia. And, uh, you guys are great at five o'clock. In fact, Tucker Carlson was talking about John Katz and a couple nights ago and doesn't get much bigger than that, in my opinion. And Bernie agrees. He's the best on TV right now, Tucker Carlson. So, well, congratulations to my guy, John Katz and
12: We're doing it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you on the Red Apple Podcast
0: Network.
1: it reads, it takes a tough guy to make a safe city. Ray Kelly is one tough guy. I know this because I was his chief for 12 years. Believe me, he is one tough guy. And that text moments ago came from a guy that I love and respect, Joe Esposito. By the way, Joe, feel better. Anyway, with that said... Uh, Set to join me right now is the former NYPD commissioner. He was so good he did it twice. And the longest running commissioner in the history of this city. Also the CEO of the Guardian Group. Here he is, uh, the great Ray Kelly. Commish, good morning. Sid Rosenberg, how are
13: you? Sid, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for those kind remarks.
1: Uh, it's Good all true. Uh, it's true. And, and uh, Joe Esposito and um, everybody who comes on this show or been listening this morning sent their, uh, sent their best to you. And a lot of these guys, Ray, are, are concerned about the city right now. So suddenly they harken back to the days when you were in charge. I know you are concerned, too. How concerned are you?
13: Well, I'm very concerned. I think the, the city is in the crisis mode. Uh, we have to come back and get close to where we were pre-pandemic, and uh, unfortunately, I don't, I don't think we're uh, we're there. Uh, the subways are a good example of that. People are frightened to go on the subway. As a result, Midtown Manhattan is not being populated the way it was. Businesses are going out of you know out of business because of the fact that there's just not enough traffic in that that area. And a lot of it gets down to the subway and people feeling safe to ride on the subway. The ridership is about 55 to 60 percent of what it was uh, pre-pandemic. And that's simply uh, not enough. Uh, It's a huge economic hole with the uh, MTA, but uh, also businesses are being severely impacted uh, by this. So I think this is right at the top of the priority list as far as uh, uh, the city is concerned.
1: Couldn't agree more. Now, Keyshawn Sewell has the job that you held and did such a great job of it for twice uh, right now. But, you know, I've heard this, Rain, you would know better than me, like Jimmy O'Neill, for example, good guy, good cop, but could never be a good commish under a guy like Bill de Blasio. Same thing with Dermot Shea, good guy, good cop, but could never be a good commish under a guy like Bill de Blasio. And I'm not sure anyone could be a commish under Eric Adams either. Is there a lot of truth to that?
13: Probably it's difficult to tell uh she seems like a, a competent person uh she came from uh, the twelfth largest police department in the country so county is very very professional but it's clear that uh Eric Adams wants to be the police commissioner or something akin to the uh, to the police commissioner so I, I, I would imagine her job is uh, a pretty uh pretty trying during the day uh but we wish her well uh we need to see uh, Come back. I love it. I was born here. I live here. I've gone to school here. And uh, we, we just can't let it sort of degrade the way it, the way it has in the, in the last couple of years. I mean, I know shootings are down and, and, and murders are down slightly, and that's good news. But it's on a base of a 100 percent increase in shootings in 2020 and a 70 percent increase in 2021. So uh, we've got to keep moving in, in that direction. And uh, I, I believe that one of the things that we have to do is to reinstate the plainclothes anti-crime units that uh, we had and actually had for five decades in the NYPD, a very effective street crime fighting tool, which is no longer in existence. De Blasio eliminated that. For unknown reasons, it was never articulated, uh, and we still don't uh, don't have it. Uh, we were one the safest big city in America. We touted that we were proud of that, and and you know we're no longer the safest big city in America by by far. So I think we've got to look back at some of the things that uh, worked well, and and uh, consider seriously putting them back in in the place. There's no there's no reason that we don't have. The 600 officers on the street fighting uh, a street crime. You know, yes, we're concerned about shootings, but also it has to be concerned about just muggings on on the street. Robberies are up 50 percent. Uh, I think they're 50 percent. The grand losses are up 40 uh, percent, which is uh, you know loss from the from the person, person That that sort of thing. GLA, it's, uh, grand lawson, the grand loss auto, that's up over 50 percent. So you need, in my opinion, anti-crime units to address this because, and I'll tell you what, it's, it's happening not only in the poor areas of the city, but it's happening in the Upper East Side, yep. which is probably the wealthiest uh, square mile in the in, in the world. Uh, these numbers are reflected, the ones I gave you, are, are, this is what's happening in that. In that location, and these are the opinion formers. These are the people who, um, unfortunately, will move out of town and will, uh, you know, reduce our tax base significantly. So I think this is one of the things that has to be done. It was effective in the past, and I think that uh, it can be effective in the future. And I think we also have to remember that every cop, uh, every, every uniform police officer on patrol. Is wearing a camera, and and we would consider anti-crime to be uniform under the sort of under that label, even though they'd be in 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 plain clothes.
1: Uh, I I think
13: that'd be a important step.
1: And we agree, me and Bernie. Let me preface what I'm going to say now with: uh, we're very tough on Adams on this station. I, I I don't like them. Uh, I, I haven't liked him since day one. I think he talks out of both sides of his mouth. And I think like, he cares more about how he looks in his suit than he does about the city. That's my opinion. Okay. Uh, I'm very tough on him. My partner Bernie is tough on him. Your son, Craig, is obviously very tough on him. Curtis Sliwa, Rudy Giuliani. And he has brought back the anti-crime unit in a, in a kind of diluted sense in that they're no longer in plain clothes. And he's even talked about stop and frisk, as you know, Ray, but he won't bring those back under those names because he believes, whether it was your leadership or Rudy's leadership, they were quote unquote racist tactics. So he knows he's got to get them back in some capacity, but he'll never say it because he never wants to give people like you and Rudy any credit.
13: Well, you can't do that kind of work in uniform, even a modified uniform. It takes uh, surveillance, observation, sometimes following people. It just won't work. So he, he's trying to, you know, have his cake and eat it, but you can't. You can't do that work effectively if you're wearing any kind of uniform. And you know, quite frankly, the neighborhood people in the neighborhood would point you out. Although
1: you I will are, tell you this, Ray, not to stop that. you, but there are former cops that say that they don't mind it if they're uh, wearing their uniforms because of friendly fire. Is there any truth to that?
13: Uh, Sure. I mean, there are ways that, uh, you know, we've had this for years in the department where you would wear an armband. Uh, And I don't know if they're still doing this, but they put that color of the day out when a platoon is turning out. Let's say today is the, you know, orange uh, armband day, that that sort of thing. You know, is it, it, look, there's no question about it. It, it. There's some risk involved in doing uh, anti-crime work. But it, it's always been an effective tool in my history, and I was there uh, there a long time. So I think you should seriously consider that. And I don't, I, I don't think these neighborhood safety teams are uh, equivalent to what the anti-crime teams in the past could do and would do if they were uh, put back in place
1: former nypd commissioner ray kelly so good he actually did it twice all right so you're talking about the stop and frisk you're talking about the anti-crime unit give me some other practical ways if you were still in charge right if you had shul's position if you were in eric adams ear every day or a couple of other practical things you may do to try to save this city
13: well i would i would put stop and frisk uh, back in place it actually is but it's about a thousand a month of being done and of course that's you know that's just not particularly uh uh, an effective number i don't think it should be driven by quotas but i think every cop should have that tool in the toolbox to be able to stop someone and 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 talk to them question them you know now they're very restricted in doing it it's clear that the department or at least the people who made the policies in the de Blasio administration didn't want it to happen and did everything they possibly could to discourage its its use. And I I think putting that in place in in an intelligent, reasoned way would also uh, make a difference. As I said, street crime, this is what people see, this is what people hear about, this is what we've got to get, uh, get a handle on shootings are important, but there's other crimes uh, as well. So I would say you, you got to focus on the on the subways, get those cops down on the uh, on the platform so people uh, people can see them, not up on the mezzanine where they sometimes uh, congregate. I think we've got to put the anti-crime uh, units back instantly and close in place, and I think we have to look at the implementing stop question. And first, fill all the books and it's supported by a Supreme Court case, Kerry versus Ohio. There's nothing illegal about it, but I think that, you know, the understanding of it. That, and, you know, also it's important to realize that these policies were put in place by Bill de Blasio and Bill de Blasio's administration. Right. You know, I, I I don't think we want, want our policies <laughs> driven by someone who... Uh, who did irreparable harm to the city, in my opinion.
1: Agreed. Agreed. But, you know, but I, I saw this a couple nights ago, the great Ray Kelly, also the CEO of the Guardian Group, uh, I think it was on Fox News. I forget, right? But uh, it was somebody talking about how it's become increasingly difficult to recruit cops in big cities like New York, and and we know why, because they can never do right, right? I mean, no matter what they do, it's no good. I had an argument, for example, with my buddy Joe Tacopino. I know you know who he is. He's the best defense yeah. attorney in the country, and he was saying to me, "Sid, cops should not be allowed to use chokeholds." I said, "Joe." Wait a second. Do the bad guys play by the same rules? you got some cop trying to take down some whacked-out criminal. I don't care if you hit the guy with a freaking bat. I mean, you got to give the cops all the omission they need to, A, be safe, and, B, do their jobs. There are people out there who want to limit what the cops can do, but the criminals, they can do whatever they want. How does that make sense?
13: Yes. No, it doesn't make sense. Now, chokeholds, when I was commissioned the first time, We limited them. It was a violation of the patrol guide if you use it. But there can be extenuating circumstances. Now, what the state legislature has done, it's made it a crime, you know, which is totally absurd. (laughs) Yes, you're right. In extreme situations, you may have to do that. And then you want to be able to put that case forward. But now, you know, it's been criminalized. And by the way, the federal government tried to criminalize it in the George Floyd uh, policing act which never right. never passed. Right. But uh yeah, I agree with you. There's no there's just lacking common sense <laughs> right. these days. It's just, That's stupid. And and so what what happens? Cops will understandably back off. They're not going to engage the way they used to. They're not going to be involved in the proactive strategies that have worked in the city. I would. And so many people worked hard for 20 years right. to make it a same as big city in America.
1: I would. I would back off. And then the other thing is, of course, Ray, is you get these uh, louses in Albany, Hochul, Stewart Cousins, Heasty, even to a certain extent Adams here. He, he talks a lot, but does nothing. And, you know, these cops go out there. You guys, brave men and women, put your lives on the line and go arrest somebody and that same perp is out on the street 15 minutes later that's got to be so disheartening for folks like you
13: absolutely and i think uh, adams is right to continue to bash them because you know the we keep talking about that the new york is the only state in the nation that doesn't allow a judge to make a determination a of dangerousness that's why you get this revolving door people keep going out of the, yeah, you know, and in the station house for a half hour, and then walk out, the, walk out the door. Uh, this this is an eminently reasonable thing, as witnessed by the fact that we're the only state in the union not to have it. So uh, yeah, they are, I, I use the word arrogant. That's what we see from the state legislature. They're doing it because they can do it. They have super majorities now in, in the Senate and the Assembly, and they're just they're sticking your finger in the eye of the public.
1: Yeah, I think you're right.
13: And and bail reform is a perfect example of that. Yep,
1: Yep. no, it is. I think you're right. Bail reform is just a chance for them to show their power and their progressive policies ruining the city. So last one, Ray, I love this city, too. I'm here every day. I work on 49th and 3rd, and my beautiful wife, Danielle, and my kids, we spent the last six years living in New York City, came back from Florida, two years down by Wall Street, four years Upper West Side, and I left. I live out on the beach in Rockaway, and I love it. In fact, I'll never want to come back here. But I've got friends who say, Sid, you blew it. You're going to want to come back. Five years, you're going to see. You're going to want to come back. What do you think, Ray? Are they right?
13: Uh, I, I hope they're right. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't see any indications of that right now. You see all these little stores that are closed. You see the people who obviously have significant mental problems roaming the, the streets. I think the city looks dirty. Um, and I, I look, let's face it, it's, it's challenging living here in, in New York. Things are very expensive. Uh. You know, Uber prices have gone uh, through the uh, through the roof here. It's very, very tough for a middle class person to to make it in New York, and they're they're being uh, you know they're being forced out. So if things turn around and people come back, uh, great. But I don't know if you read that Carol Marco had said piece the other day in, yep. in the Post. I mean, yep. Yep. <laughs> she had a lot of good points. No, she left. Steve Kozel is a is a promoter of New York City and. Uh, And and that's a good thing, but uh, I think she was right on target for now. Uh, Let's see what happens in two years, three years. Right. Right. I think it's a a, a very heavy lift. Yeah, and she practices what
1: she preaches because she did, in fact, leave Carol, and she did, in fact, move to Florida, former NYPD commissioner, the CEO of the Guardian Group. Uh, I'm always honored to have somebody on the show who was great at what they did, and you're one of those guys, Ray. So thank you so much for hopping on today, and you stay well. Thank you, buddy.
13: Thanks so much, Val. Take
1: care. You got it. There he is, former commissioner Ray Kelly, right here on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show as we continue our cavalcade of big guests, Mike Brancesa, Bo Dietl, Ray Kelly, another monster name coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, Miranda Devine. Keep it right here. Our number four of Bernie and Sid about to come your way.
2: Always been when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night when everything's a little clearer in the light of
6: And we know the night is always gonna be here anyway.
1: It's funny when I go through the other uh, music channels on Sirius XM 70s. Is now my favorite. I've always loved the 80s music. My wife, Danielle, loves the 90s music. But this one, for example, the Starlight Vocal Band, Afternoon Delight, brings me right back to the summer of, I want to say, it was somewhere between 75 and 77. I don't know the exact summer. I think Mandy by Baron Manilow came out the same summer. But I can see myself standing by the pinball machine at the quote-unquote casino at a bungalow colony, may have been landsmens, may have been uh, SGS, Cappy's, I don't remember, in upstate New York, and hearing that song, and I had a crush on a girl named Laura, and I can't say her last name because I'm friends with her brother, but <laughs> she's in San Francisco, so it's cool, it was way before Danielle, but um, I just remember all of it so vividly, and that song was like such a big deal in my life in those, uh, those uh, very important years uh, what, what year was that, uh, Lou? Do you remember?
3: Uh, I- I'm not old enough, so I don't know.
1: LaBrosi no, used to do that stuff. The old program director. He'd be like, oh, 1976. And it was released sure. in 19... 19- he had all this uh, oh, it's great... called
3: Chernoff. He'll know.
1: Oh, is Tony good with that, too? Oh,
3: he's with 70s he- stuff and old... Oh, my God. He loves that? You yeah, know, yeah, I actually read
1: something, and again, I'm embarrassed to admit that I read this, because it's a bunch of idiots who know nothing about radio. I like the guy, Al Snippin. He's a dentist, folks. He's a dentist. But he runs this uh, thing called the New York Radio Message Board, which is something that everybody in this business outside of Bernie reads. They always say they, always say they don't. I don't look. They all read it. 76. 76. I was right there. Bill uh, they all read it. Every one of them. Every talent. Every producer. I don't know why. Again, they know nothing about these radio, uh, radio, these people. They have these biases. They pray to the altar of Imus and Francesa every day and hate people like me and Craig Carton. But um, anyway, long story short, there's a a thread that Mark Chernoff got a job as a sports director at some Uh, small station in New Jersey. i got
6: to find
3: this.
1: Yeah, it, it says after a year of retirement, after leaving WFAN, Chad Lopez should know this. Where the hell is Chad? (laughs)
3: <laughs> he it's, might be honest.
1: See if you can find this uh, this uh, thread here. Oh, I found it. Now, what does it say exactly?
3: Let me feel the the, the list. There's an article. Okay, I see the thread. What does it say though? Uh, the former. The, it's an art. Mark Chernoff, the former WFAN program director, retired one year ago. But Chernoff returned to the industry last month, joining 107.1 The Boss. Really? WWZY Monmouth Ocean. New Jersey. I mean, he
1: lives in Livingston, New Jersey. As
3: morning sports anchor. Right,
1: morning sports anchor. <laughs> that can't be right. That cannot be right. It's him. No, Tony can't be doing morning like 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 Mark Ornay on Ten Ten Wins.
3: Chernoff will file reports on the Robbie and Rochelle show. Stop it! And will also serve as a fill-in host on the station. No, no, that this can't be like Charlie. He doesn't host. <laughs> no. He doesn't host. I'm looking quote. I'm looking forward to getting back on the radio at 107.1, the boss, and be able to live in both the sports and rock worlds. Chernoff well, he and, does love
1: music, yeah. rock and roll, and sports, and he does live in Livingston. So you're like, Bernie would always quote stuff from The Onion. What's the other one he always quotes stuff from? Uh, Twitter actually canceled. I, uh, the uh, no, the Babylon beat, Thank you. It, but this is a real story, right?
3: I'm reading it off this, uh, yeah. Uh, we need,
1: somebody, we need some, somebody in this industry, Chad or somebody, to confirm and or deny that Mark Chernoff We'll be the <laughs> doing sports <laughs> well, that, wait, <laughs> on basically a college radio station in New Jersey.
3: Rangers lost again. How can they do that? That's <laughs> so stupid. I can't believe it. They were winning. <laughs> oh God! Uh, uh, Yankees need another GM. My son could take over. What are they doing? This idiot. Idiots! Oh, I'll never forget.
1: That's One, a great journey. By the way, his son does run the Cleveland Indians. And he's very smart. Guy. Yeah, the GM ah, yes. the Indians. Yeah. Now <laughs> no, they're the Guardians, excuse me.
3: Right. <laughs> One morning he came back into FAN because they put him, the, the company wanted him to go fix K-Rock and David Lee Roth. Right. He's
1: Oh, uh, Listen, he, he replaced <laughs> Howard Stern, David Lee Roth, and the first show he did, and he met nice, his <laughs> uncle was a World War II veteran. Maybe World War One. Excuse me. He was like 92 years old, and he was on for like 25 minutes. And I remember people going, "Oh my God, you replaced Howard with this." <laughs> he was he was maybe the worst. By the way, Stern killed him. And and David Lee Roth and Howard were great friends when David Lee was the lead singer for Van Halen. Now they never talk because he became aware. David Lee Roth, that Howard killed him. I said, they replaced me with that?
3: He became more of an a-hole. Though.
1: Right, so Chernoff started something called... K- he, he actually asked me and Max Kellerman to do a show together for the new K-Rock... And it was a, it was a disaster, disaster. He came,
3: but he was trying to help. Fix it, it. yeah. He yeah. brought an assistant getting the show going. He would come back into the lobby of Fan, and he would get there by six a.m. So I came out when our show started. I How's it going over there, Mark? Laughing, goes, Nah, he's he's stupid. He's an idiot. It's never gonna work. I'm done. I uh, what an idiot. He doesn't listen to anything I tell him. He's an oh, idiot. No. We gotta <laughs> hear him doing sports. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was Mark uh, used to make me laugh. He was I so loved great. him. I loved him.
1: He <laughs> he was listen. He was like a father to me. But I have to tell you this: Chad Lopez will call me. He's our boss here. He's the president. Let I me mean, John Katzmatidis. John and Margot own the station, but Chad is really the guy that runs the uh, the daily operations. And uh, when when I see Chad Lopez on my phone, uh, for a split second, I'm always like, I'm not picking this up because. It's very rarely when the, when the president, the program director, when they call you, very rarely do they go, I got to tell you. Like, like today, for example, Chad should call me and say, oh, my God, you were great. He won't do that. He should. He should, but he won't do that. But he'll call me and, and some, some ridiculous thing that I'm getting blamed for, some nonsense, he'll call me for that. And, and we'll end up getting in a screaming fight and all that nonsense. But at least once in a while, Chad does say something nice. Turn yeah, off.
3: That's, that's rare. I know, he,
1: and you just saw it two not weeks ago. From, not
3: from Chad. From the off. Right. General.
1: Every time the phone rang it was turned off, I'm like, I am not picking that up, Danielle. I'm not picking it up. And no, true to word. Bad. No, no, it was a disaster every time. I know. Why would you say that? No. I'm I like, Tony. Well, what? You know, one time, I filled in for up uh, or somebody I don't know, and I mentioned the fact that Bernie who I miss desperately. I was in Miami, but I was filling it at FAN. And I go, my, my man Bernie. I miss Bernie. I don't work with him anymore. I'm down in Miami, but I'm filling it at FAN. Bernie's going to be on Bill O'Reilly tonight. You wouldn't believe the amount of trouble I got in. I didn't say anything about Bill. I didn't go, I love Bill. The fact that I mentioned his name.
3: And another place, through a station. another. Well, that was well, TV. That okay. was TV. Yeah, but he you, still in like he's that. Too,
1: he's too polarizing. You can't. I'm like, come on, what can I say? Every effing time I got to get a phone call. At least the Chad once in a while is like a hey, great job or uh, what's your opinion on this? It's not the same. Tony scared the hell out of me.
3: Yeah. Everybody fought with him, but somehow he was well liked. He was liked. always liked. I love him to pieces. Because he wasn't. Well, the thing about Mark was he was didn't sneak around behind you. He no, was, no, no, no. He would just call you straight up and straight say, up. why right. did you do that? <laughs> and he was so,
1: for a guy that was not intimidating at all. At all, glasses, chinos, weighed about eighty pounds, soaking Don't, wet.
3: You look non-intimidating. <laughs> if you if you look up non-intimidating, it's Churney. Chern- Churney, <laughs> but
1: yeah, he still got the job done. And one of so. the nicest guys too, yeah. ever. It's so like I remember arguing once about football coaches. You know, do you have to yell and scream? And Tony Dungy won the championship with Peyton Manning and the and the Colts, I guess. And he didn't yell and scream. I go, okay, you got one guy, one guy. Everybody else yells and screams, right? Vince Lombardi, Bill
3: Parcells, Belichick—you name it. You know, Tony Dungy didn't even know where he was. Please, Believe me, I,
1: I agree with you. <laughs> oh right God. place, right time, right, oh, right gosh. place. Right place, I argue right? With time. People
3: all the time. Oh, yeah. he's a great coach. Yeah, okay. Please right. give me a break. I mean, he kidding?
1: did win in Tampa Bay and Indianapolis to his
3: credit, but my grandmother dead could win with Peyton Manning. <laughs> <Are you> kidding?
1: <laughs> That's true too. Anyway, uh, we've had three great guests today, Mike Brancessa, Bo Deedle, and Ray Kelly, all great. And coming up next, me and Bernie firmly believe she's the best columnist in the country. New York Post, Miranda Devine. Her book is still doing great the uh, laptop from hell, the Hunter Biden story. And there's a Hunter Biden story in today's New York Post, and it ain't pretty. It's a naked Hunter Biden. They got the picture in there. He's naked, hanging out with a hooker in some uh, sleazy hotel room, and he's carrying a gun, an illegal gun, which he dumped somewhere in, in Delaware or Maryland, Delaware, a short time after these photos were taken. But uh, Miranda's coming on because, you know, Rob Astorino one of the gubernatorial candidates, and I had a long phone conversation with Astorino yesterday, and it was great. He's a very impressive guy. He really is. You know, whether it's Zeldin, Giuliani, or Astorino, Harry Wilson, all very impressive guys, some more impressive than the other, and eventually we're going to have to make that decision. Bernie is in the Astorino camp, 100%. I've been with Lee Zeldin from day one, but I'm starting to listen to other guys. And I had a great conversation with Astorino yesterday. But he was the one who brought the story about Biden flying illegal immigrants to Westchester to the forefront. He's been on Tucker Carlson a bunch of times, to Rob Astorino's credit. Well, Devine did another story in yesterday's New York Post where she has more of it, more airports. You know, I, um, when I lived in Florida and I would visit my parents, because I am thinking about me. So when, when I uh, would visit my parents... In upstate New York by Monticello, I would fly to an airport called Stewart Airport all the time. It's in a place called Newburgh, and it's about a 40-minute ride from Stewart Airport to my mom's front door in White Lake Homes by Conyanga Lake by Monticello. So me and Danielle would fly from Boca, from Fort Lauderdale, to Stewart. That was our airport of choice, much better than Kennedy, LaGuardia, or Newark. So we flew in and out of there a million times. Well, it turns out they're using that airport now, like Westchester and others, to fly in these illegal immigrants, and that was part of the Miranda Devine story yesterday, and she's going to join us at 925. She's also one of the five people that wrote blurbs, praises, if you will, for my new book, which I want you to buy right now. Go to Amazon.com, look up Citizens United. As you know, this kid, um, Gabriel, from Florida, not my son, from Florida. Dubbed all of my fans 10 years ago as Citizens with an S.I.D. instead of a C.I.T. And it worked. Most people who, who write stuff to me will tag Citizens. So the name of the book is Citizens United. It's got two great forwards. John Katzmatidis nearly made me cry. It was so beautiful. And he said, when I bought this station, I knew two things. I wanted Cousin Brucie for music. And I wanted Sid Rosenberg for talk. That is huge praise coming from John Cazamatidis. That's in the forward. You can read it. So I'm not lying. And Bernie wrote a, just a, a very funny and emotional forward as well. But there are five blurbs, Bill O'Reilly, Chaz Palmentary, Peter King, Craig Carton, and Miranda Devine, uh, praise blurb, uh, blurbs that are on the book uh, as well. Uh, one Peter King on the front of the book, the other four on the back of the jacket cover. And Miranda's been great, tweeting out all the time about the book. And her book, again, is doing so well that it's, um, I'm honored to have somebody like Miranda Devine, A, write something in my book, and B, take the time to promote it when her own book is still doing exceptionally well. So go to Amazon right now. Buy two or three. Don't buy one. That's, that's lame. And if you want me to sign them, you want to meet me somewhere in the city, I'll do it. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm going to have book signings anyway in um, Long Island. Hopefully, John does a big one in the Hamptons, buys a 1,000 books, hopefully. Um, we're going to do it in New Jersey, and we're going to do it in Florida. Two book signings in Florida, too. But uh, if you buy a couple of books and you want to meet me at the diner, Smith and Molensky's, I'll sign them. So go buy the book today. Coming up next, she is the aforementioned great writer from The Post, Miranda Devine, only right here on Bernie and Sid.
0: Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid YouTube. Sid Rosenberg. Not good. Great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every
3: morning and walk around the
0: house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Whoa.
1: call me and I guess uh, this was the was this a theme song for American Gigolo I believe it was they used this in uh, Richard Gere American Gigolo you used to love Deborah Harry right I know you had a big crush on her who didn't yeah no she was she's uh, still performing Blondie call me at 923 well it's been a fantastic show Mike Brancesa WFAN legend. That Mark Jonoff story happens to be true. He's actually doing sports at some small station in New Jersey. He can't make it up. It would be like Bill Parcells coaching high school. But um, anyway, Francesco was on earlier. Bo Dietl was great. And we just spoke to former NYPD Commissioner Ray Kelly. And he was great, too. But my next guest is uh, someone uh, I, I really love her. I do. She's the best columnist in New York, uh, ahead of Michael Goodwin. She's the best columnist in the country. The New York Post. Her book. Laptop from Hell, this Hunter Biden story continues to be a New York Times bestseller. And uh, she always makes time for me, which I appreciate, because I know she's going on Fox News in like 30 minutes. Here she is, the great Miranda Devine. Good morning, Miranda. It's Sid. How are you?
15: Hi, Sid. How are you? Good to talk to you.
1: Great to talk to you, too. Um, l- let's get to Hunter first, because your story yesterday was great about the illegal immigrants. But anytime I see a Hunter Biden story, for me, I think of you. And there's a picture of him in today's New York Post completely naked holding a gun. And it tells a story about him with a hooker in a sleazy hotel and the gun he would, I guess, you know, get rid of later in Delaware. But just another really sleazy Hunter Biden story in today's New York Post.
15: Yes, look, I apologise for that. It's very hard to <laughs> do <it. laughs> a story about Hunter Biden without him being naked. So, um, yes, that's that's the way it is. We did try and keep it clean for our, our readers. But, uh, yes, he was uh, carrying a gun. It looks like some sort of a pistol. Um, and uh, he's in a hotel room naked, cavorting with a prostitute. And... Uh, playing with the gun, aiming it at the camera, which he set up, looks like on the bedside table, uh, you know, doing quick draw McGraw, thinks that he's a cool dude. And uh, he's obviously off his face. There is, um, you know, drug paraphernalia everywhere, what looks like the traces of crack cocaine. Uh, You know, he wasn't a well person in those days, let's say. And for him to have a gun is the biggest travesty because it's obvious that he lied on his background check. Now, this was October 17 of 2018, which was just five days after he bought that gun in Delaware. And uh, he had the, the background check. Politico got a copy of that form. And in it, he said that he had not taken drugs and was not addicted to drugs. Now, that's just a lie, and it's a lie in his own words because he said in his memoir that during that period he was addicted to crack cocaine, and, you know, it's not a crime. I mean, he's now clean, Uh, he he tells us, and that's a great achievement. But at the time, he was not a fit and proper person to have a gun, and that's why we have background checks, and so it's ironic um, that... Joe Biden is out there ranting and raving about the need for banning guns, Hmm. um, banning AR-15s and talking about lung exploders um, when his own son did something really bad and has never accounted for it.
1: You know, about uh, two weeks ago, I had Donald Trump Jr. on this show and uh, he has started this uh, new search engine on the Internet, like kind of like a Google, you know, like his father has to socialize your instead of Twitter, those types of things. And yeah. I said to him, I said, I said, Junior, could you imagine if you had done one one hundredth? And I don't hate Hunter Biden. I'm Listen, I'm a recovering junkie, alcoholic, all of it, too. So there's a part of me that's almost sympathetic towards his cause. But I said, yeah. Junior, could you imagine if you are? Do-? He said, Sid, I swear to God, I think about that all the time. What the media would do to me if, in fact, yeah. I had done a scintilla of what Hunter Biden has done.
15: Well, look at Peter Navarro. Look what happened to him. Uh, you know, he gets handcuffed. He gets shackled in leg irons, thrown in jail. Uh, no food, no water, no attorney. For what? For, for um, you know, talking to the, to the January 6th committee about coming and testifying to them because he doesn't want to, because he's asserting uh, executive privilege, which belongs to Donald Trump. Um, and meanwhile, Michael Sussman... Um, pretty much in his own words, has admitted that he lied to the FBI and he gets off scot free
1: unbelievable you're right, and by the way, this uh, January sixth circus is coming to a he near you Thursday night (laughs) when Pelosi and all these maniacs will bring it into your living rooms. And uh, I won't be watching, but I will be talking to some of the folks involved. Marjorie Taylor Greene, I think, will be on this show, Jim Jordan and a host of others. Yeah. Hey, listen, I haven't asked you this yet. And uh, you have no responsibility to answer other than you love me. And that is with the Mm -hmm. Republican primary coming up for governor in a couple of weeks, Lee Zeldin. Andrew Giuliani, Rob Astorino, Harry Wilson, I guess. Uh, Do you have a choice yet?
15: Look, I like them all. Um, I've had quite a bit to do with Rob Astorino when it comes to these migrant flights, and right. he's really been incredibly impressive. Like, unlike a lot of politicians, he actually follows up, he's consistent, does his own work, um, and cares about it. And has really, whenever I've talked to him, his heart's in the right place. He's a highly intelligent guy, um, and he, he knows what's wrong with with America, with New York, and how to fix it. Um, Lee Zeldin, I don't know that well, um, but he has a stellar resume. Um, But he's a real establishment guy. I'm not sure if the elect... You know, we want to pick someone who's going to win at the general right? So you, you could think that, that Lee Zeldin is the best guy in the primary, but he's not going to win because he's an establishment guy. So I'm not sure about him. Um, uh, Andrew Giuliani, I know he is the most delightful person. Um, he's got the name recognition from his fabulous dad. I mean, we have the big problem of crime. And so the Giuliani name and, and Andrew Giuliani knows what it takes to clean the city up, uh, and so he, and he's dynamic and energetic, and I think he's surprised a lot of people because he's now at the top of the top of the pop, pops when it comes to the polls. Right. So I'm But, going but, but you
1: would agree, but Rangers. you would agree that, and I feel the same way. In fact, andrew and I have become really good friends, really good friends. He's coming over to my house on Saturday to watch the Rangers. But right. I, but I've said to him, I said the Giuliani name, while well, it's it's exactly. it, to you it's great, to me it's great. It's gonna hurt him. So based upon what you just said. Is it fair to say that above and beyond the primary, when it comes to November, the most electable may be Rob Mastorino?
15: I think so. I mean, he tells me, I haven't done all my research because I haven't written a piece about this, but I will. But he tells me that in the Hudson Valley, uh, which is blue tinged, that he will win that. And that's crucial to winning the state. And Westchester. You
2: know,
15: yeah. it's a, And Westchester. And it's a, yes, of course, because he used to be on the county executive. Um, and so Look, you have to win over Democrats or independents or Democrat-leaning people. And there's a huge chance of doing that, um, you know, this time because of the parlous state that the the state is in and crime and disorder. But um, so that's what you've got to look at. And in a way, Rob Astorino's lack of name recognition, the fact he's not an insider, that sort of helps him.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it does, too. I've had to kind of, oh, we lost her. Oh, let's get her back. Is that still Miranda? Is she there? No,
15: I'm, oh, I'm still, still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I've had to kind of rethink, because initially I was gung-ho in endorsing Lee Zeldin, but to be honest, I've had lengthy conversations now with mostly Andrew, but now Rob called me last night. We had a lengthy conversation, and I'm kind of rethinking my whole stance on this, but let's get to the, the story, which you just uh, talked about, Rob, because he initially did this in the, in the airport in Westchester. Now we've got stored Airport, maybe a few others, a bunch of airlines involved. Your story in yesterday's post-Miranda was so good because Rob introduced us to this topic, but it looks like this thing is really exploding, and these illegal flights led by our administration are a huge issue in many airports and many airlines.
15: Yes, look, we first uh, staked out Westchester County Airport um, in White Plains because uh, we were told by an insider there that there were these weird planes coming in after curfew, after midnight, disgorging what looked like illegal migrants, and then they were being whisked away on charter buses. So we went there and we spotted them and photographed Chris Sadowski, fantastic post-photographer, <clears throat> driving the car raced after the trucks, took the buses, took the photos. Um, and so we exploded that story. But really, there was no response. Um, the the administration stonewalled, refused to answer phone calls, emails, and then answered in the most kind of constricted way uh, and didn't care. And then other media, like media in Westchester, like the Washington Post, um, reported our story and said, oh, but it was just... Um, that basically we were cruel because these were just little children who were being reunited with their parents. Well, they're not. You look at them, uh, at best they're, uh, you know, 18 years old, but they really look more like uh, a lot of them look like sort of early 20s, even mid-20s, mostly male. They just look like cheap labour. That's what they are. And this is happening all over the country. It's not just New York. We know that that because of Title 42 uh, was about to, to be stopped, but then the judge gave it a reprieve, that there was a huge surge at the southern border. So, of course, there was a huge surge of these flights. They're now coming in pretty much every night into Westchester. There are so many of them. They had to take some of the overflow to Stewart Airport in the Hudson Valley, in Newburgh, and, uh, and they're going. they're all over the country. It's not just New York. Um, and nobody is interested. I mean, this is what gets me. Like, I've probably written a dozen stories about this, but there's hardly any other media outlets in the country that are looking at this. All it takes is go to your airport, look at Flight Radar 24, track the flights that are coming from the southern border, and you will find them. There are only a few of these airlines, World Atlantic Airways, I Aero, Avello, uh, there's a new one, Omni International. You know, all you have to do is look at those airlines and where they're, where they're flying from, from Texas and Arizona at the border, and then see what, what cities they're coming to. And you can find that there is truckloads of illegal migrants coming to a town near you. Every hmm. town is a hmm. border town.
1: Well, I tell you, that is great reporting, Miranda. But that's, you know, that's what you do. That's why you're the best in the business. 60 seconds to go. San Francisco, one of my favorite cities in America, it's gorgeous. Anybody argues that hasn't been there. But now, crime, drugs, homelessness, the liberal nature of the city, you can't go there. You just can't go there. It's really unfortunate. And it looks like Chesa Boudin, the DA, uh, facing the recall, may be out. If that's the case, do you think it puts pressure on Kathy Hochul to remove Alvin Bragg?
15: Um, well, yes, of course. But, I mean, do you do you have any... Any hope that she's going to do that? There's, a, be- there's a, a better hopeful- chance
1: that I win the gubernatorial primary and I'm not running.
15: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Kathy Hochul is awful. Uh, I-, I had sort of hopes for her. She looks great, you know, and I thought, oh, an older woman, you know, she looks fantastic. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, she's just a virtue signaller and a lefty and weak, really weak.
1: I couldn't agree more. Uh, And you're not. You're great. Uh, Great writer. Great friend. Congratulations. I know the book is still doing really, really well. I'm excited for you. you got a big night coming up at the America First Warehouse. Thank you so much for coming on today, Miranda Devine. I legitimately love you.
15: Thank you, Sid. You too. Likewise. All All
1: right. right. Take care. There she is, Miranda. (laughs)
15: now, it's time to Beat
0: Bernie! It's time to Beat Bernie! Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck! It's time to Beat Bernie! Ah,
8: yes, indeed. It is time to play the game, not Beat Bernie today. Bernie's absence is, uh is uh, providing us with another special edition of the Beat SID game sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com or PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best-built boilers. So, yeah, another dumbed-down version of the game today. Um, You know, we'll see how Mike in Eastchester does. But, uh, listen, I mean, we do uh, tend to tone it back a notch here when uh, Bernie's absent because he is the smartest man on the face of the earth. And, um, well, Sid isn't. So, listen. We uh, That's pretty plain. <laughs> I mean, we play with the cards that were dealt here. I mean, you know, this is, this is the way we got to do things. I hate
2: the game!
8: I, well, he hates the game, and uh, today's going to love it. So it'll be a little bit more uh, sports-oriented, entertainment-oriented, um, and we'll see how Mike out in Eastchester does. I am your host, Justin Alec, by the way. Everybody knows that already, though. Because, uh, you know... Can't say it enough. I'm really inching towards, um, you know, the level of fame that uh, I wrote about when I was in the fourth grade. You know, you write those letters to your future self.
3: One uh, inch at a time.
8: You know, and uh, and I used to say, listen, someday you're going to be uh, on the air with Sid Rosenberg. I never said that. I always thought I was going to be shortstop for the New York Yankees. God, I hope not. Yeah. It's, uh, it's bleak. Listen, we never got to the pot of gold, right, at the end of the rainbow, but... Uh,
3: Look at you now.
8: We can still get there. We got time. We got time. You do. I do. Yeah. You don't. No. no you're you're really. running out of Thank it. You. Here we go. Very bleak start to the game. Mike at Eastchester. What's going on, bud? Hey. Good morning. How are you guys? I'm good. I'm good, man. It says here you're business development for a security company. Uh, what? What is that?
6: Uh, so I work for International SOS. Hmm. We are the global leader in medical and security assistance for. Uh, business travelers and expatriates and so forth.
8: Oh, very good, very good. How do you yeah. enjoy that? Is that a good career for you? Making a lot of money?
6: Uh, I'm doing all right. I love it. We are the people who evacuate you if you are on a business trip in Hong Kong and you get in a car accident and you need to uh, be taken out of the country. We're the people who do that for you.
8: Oh, very cool. So, what are you guys doing? Yeah. For, what are you guys doing for Brittany Griner out in uh, <laughs> out in Russia? There's nothing we can do with people who don't follow the rules. Oh, okay, I see. So, okay, okay. Well, she's she's a rule breaker. Let it be a lesson. Yeah, I gotta write that down. I gotta write that down. Stuck overseas. Yeah, yeah. This is this is life advice here. (laughs) All right, Mike. uh, You ready for the game? You like your sports? You like your pop culture? All that good stuff. I'm ready. Absolutely. All right, let's do it, my man. Number one, what Chicago Bears running back was known as the Gappling Ghost?
3: Or the galloping. Uh. Oh. <laughs> what did I say? The, ga- yeah, ga- the, the, gall- <laughs> the galloping?
8: The galloping. The galloping
3: ghost. You're, in- you're inching towards that <laughs> goal.
6: <laughs> I don't know who the walloping ghost was, but the galloping ghost was Gail Sayers. Wrong, you two legged back of Ant should be Jesus. What?
8: Harold Grange. Other known otherwise known as Red Grange. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Uh, it was long. I, listen, I didn't know either. I looked up a picture picture of the guy who's still wearing one of those leather hats that they used to wear. So it was a while ago. Listen, uh,
3: <laughs> don't, don't knock it. It worked. Yeah.
8: Well, yeah, well I, mean, I mean, did, did it? I, 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 don't, be. Be, I don't know. All right, Mike. That no. might
3: be good for Sid's ego. Go
8: yeah, ahead. Yeah, no, it will be. It will, that's why I put it there. All right, number two. Who was the only person in NBA history to be named most valuable player, coach of the year, and executive of the year? Was it A, Bill Russell? B Phil Jackson, C Michael Jordan, or D Larry Bird.
6: I thought Jerry West was gonna be on this list. Um I'm gonna go with um uh, B. B. Wrong back of that, should be Jesus.
8: I don't know if you said B or D. What Which did one you did you say? B or D. Who is B? Don't yeah. worry about it. You got it wrong. You
3: got
8: it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> if you said B, which I which I know you did. I know you did, Mike. I know you did. I heard B. I did. I okay.
3: did. I own it. I own
8: it. All okay. right. So that was the incorrect answer. The correct answer would be D, Larry Bird. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: you were gappling to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah you, were, you were on your way.
8: Well on your way there, Mike. Well on your way. Number three. Here we go. Who was the only college football player to win the Heisman Trophy twice?
6: That would be... Oh gosh, Oklahoma, I believe. Um, nope. Won it twice. Nope. Won it twice. Hold on, I didn't answer.
8: I know, but twice. you're you're definitely trending in the wrong direction here.
6: Uh, I give. Um, I give. All right. Wrong. You two-legged back of I should g- be Jesus.
8: Well, I give is was never a football player. Also, no. not a name. Archie Griffin would be the correct answer. Archie Came out of Ohio State. Things. I get it. Yeah, Ohio. you, you know, like that? You know, like yeah. that? Yep. Nice. Let's what we call low-hanging fruit in the comedy industry. I almost went.
6: Hit it. I went, Eddie George.
8: Go N- ahead. All right. Number five. What is he? What you, he's got? Uh, you got zero. one right. One. No. Oh no. Oh no, for three. Zero. Oh, for three. Here we go. Number four. Which tech entrepreneur named his son X Ash A Twelve?
6: Boy, these are, these
8: are supposed to be easy today, right? Yeah, but, um, you, but come on, it's he's, he's he's you know.
3: Just think of the only guy
8: in Yeah, the just go, think of the only guy in the news.
3: I'll go with Elon Musk. Ah! Hey!
8: There you go. Yeah, remember he had that kid with with the what's yeah. her name, Grimes, right? She she looks exactly like her name. Would imply that she was. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs>
8: <laughs> so, yeah, X Ash 812 is his kid's name. I, I believe he has something else, but I don't know. All right, number five. Which member of the Spice Girls abruptly left the group in 1998?
6: That would be Beckham's wife, I think, and her name was. Oh, son of a gun. Uh, uh, ginger Spice.
2: Oh, let's... No. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Yes.
8: Yeah! Yes. Yeah! You didn't. You didn't take nice. a. Du- you didn't take a direct route, but you got that. You nailed that one. All right. Attabour. All right. Hey! Hey! Two, two for five ain't bad. <laughs> two for five ain't bad. It was a tough game. All right. We'll throw you on hold. We'll get to the big guy here, and then you'll have a chance to chat with him after. All right.
3: Weird game.
8: Weird game. I got this guy breathing down my neck. Well, come on. I mean, I don't want us tonight's face-off against the Rangers. When is this game going to end? <laughs> oh,
3: my God. <laughs> Let's go. Jeez. First pitch Saturday. Here we go. Yeah,
8: his internal clock Let's
7: slow, go. slows Let's go. down
8: when he starts pacing up and down the hallway a little too much. Here we go. Number one. Are you ready? He, got, he went two for five. got to do better. Okay. What Chicago Bears running back was known as the Galloping Ghost? The Bears
3: running back? Yeah.
8: Gil Sayers. No.
3: Wrong. Back uh, of a galloping actually.
8: Ghost
1: was it uh, Grange? Yeah, Red Grange? Yeah, son of a bitch, I knew it. Too. Well, listen,
8: stupid. Maybe you should have thought about it a little. Longer. I
1: did say Grange. Okay, ahead. let's go. Uh,
8: Number okay. two, over oh, one. Who was the only person in NBA history being named Most Valuable Player, Coach of the Year, and Executive of the Year? Was it A. Bill Russell, B. Phil Jackson, C. Michael Jordan, or D. Larry Bird? Bird. Bird! Very good. All right, one for two. Number three, who was the only college football player to win the Heisman Trophy twice? Former Ohio State running back and Cincinnati Bengal Archie Griffin. Ta-da. Should have had red greens too. I had it. Yeah, yeah. you should have. I was, yeah. was honestly giving. a thought. All right, number four, which tech entrepreneur named his son X Ash A Twelve?
1: Oh God, I, I had no idea. Uh, uh, Elon Musk.
8: Really? Okay, he's the only tech one. Oh, Bill Gates, I guess. Yeah, I think, I think he has, like, a secondary name, like Mark or something. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> like Moon Unit. Yeah. All right, number five. Titties you, and beer. You already won today's game, uh, three for four so far. Yeah. Which member of the Spice Girls abruptly left the group in 1998? Is that the one that married uh, David Beckham? Uh, posh.
3: Wrong, you two-legged back of anthony. Uh
8: I uh, know, it's, uh, I don't know which one. Ginger Spice. Hmm. Jerry Halliwell. Oh, yeah, that's right, the redhead. She was cute. Okay. All right, who was the guy that uh, played? Mike in Eastchester, and uh, I'm Justin Alex. signing off. Thanks, Justin.
6: You're the best. You really are.
8: Mike, what's going on, pal?
6: Hey, Sid, great to talk to you. I think I would have done better against Bernie.
1: Uh, well, in this game today, yes, uh, probably so. But when they start doing, like, uh, who was the president between 1840? That's what Bernie kicks major yeah. ass. But uh, East is a lovely place, and you sound like a great guy. And, and Mike, thank you so much for playing yeah. today. I appreciate it.
6: Yeah, Sid, so listen, I listened to you all the way back to middays at the fan many, many years ago, and I'm um, a big fan, and congratulations on all success.
1: Hey, thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. Today was a bit of a walk down memory lane. We talked a little bit about the fan today with Francesa coming on and the off News, and so I hope you enjoyed that, Mike. Thanks again for playing. We're going to come back and wrap up this Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid right after this.
0: Beat Bernie, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC.
4: Bernie and
0: sit in the Morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Happy people, yes. When Stipe sang it with Natalie Merchant, the little REM 10,000 Maniac duo, I loved it at the I Beacon Theater. You, know, you got a great memory, Lou. Bringing that back from like uh, two hours ago.
3: <laughs> Wait, what am I, 90 years old?
1: Well, I'm just <laughs> saying, you know.
8: Pretty much. You're getting there. Yeah,
1: you are getting old, Lou. <laughs> oh, okay. Francesca talked about us. Like, you're the old. Days? <laughs> oh, Uh-oh. hi,
8: Louie. Whoa. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> hey, whoa.
1: <laughs> Janae Butler, come here for one second. Wait a second. The show's over in one minute. You know that, right? Did you just arrive here just now? Okay, well, the show's over in a minute. We're, we're done at 10 o'clock, sweetheart. So you look beautiful. It's great to see you. Now, do you want to come back tomorrow? Yeah. You do? Yeah. You want to come back? We have
11: stuff to talk about, right? Yeah, of
1: course. You want to do 925 tomorrow?
11: 925 okay, tomorrow.
1: Janae Butler, who I'm a huge fan of, and uh, is brilliant and smart. And uh, beautiful and funny and all that stuff. 925 tomorrow. 925 okay? Uh We're done for today. Uh, great guest list. Mike Sessa was terrific. He really was. Go back and listen at com If you're a fan and a sports fan here in New York, you're going to love that. So Mike was great. Bo Deedle was terrific today. Also former NYPD Commissioner Ray Kelly. He was great. And New York Post columnist Miranda Devine. She was great, too. Tomorrow, Congressman Peter King... Janae Butler, for starters, we'll have more. And uh, Bernie may be back on Thursday or Monday. I don't know yet. We'll find out. Anyway, uh, great job by the rest of you guys, Justin. Terrific work. Lou Rafino, Phil, well done. Frankie Diaz with an E. Deborah Valentine, good morning, Jacqueline Call. We'll all be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Until then, have yourselves a beautiful Tuesday here in New York. From all of us to all of you, Peace!
0: Info at gobblelaw.com.
2: Gabo Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.